just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 64 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season 3, episode 19. I slept with someone from Fallout Boy and all I got was this stupid song written about me. Keeping up the appearances. Error. Reconfiguring. Perspective, nephew. I'm here to adjust yours. It's gonna have problems with her hands. Someone yeah. she can pick up plates and not feel that they're boiling. You uh-huh. know, she's got asbestos fingers. They're gonna be rough. What is that? Is that like, a crow's foot? What the fuck? At the cafe, like, can I can I see something Italian? Can I see that it had an impact on you? Can I see that what Keith and Lucas went through for them six weeks that you were away were worth it, Karen? Karen! You want the person you've become, then do something about it, because no one's going to do it for you. Jared! Where wild dreams are born? Wait, why are you making this shit up? What you, what's wrong with you? Be- no, not Philip. Felix. <laughs> Felix not working. Felix, it's over. <laughs> the Asna's doing you wonders. I watched him have a shit in an alley, and I watched him kiss his first girlfriend. Must have been a big dog. <laughs> <laughs> When do you plan to start living? Hello, mate. How are you, guys? How you doing, Boozy? Holiday. That's a one dunk and you're done kind of biscuit. I'm not fucking about, mate. He's like... Don't be mean, no, Simon. Listen, keep being mean. I'm going to make you call me Colonel, okay? ATM over here. you just become a raven. Love that. Love that. Love that. Don't in the snow. Keith, what is slab and beef? Absolutely. A los cuevos, a One Tree Hill podcast. Soy Simon, why me encanta One Tree Hill. Holiday. I was not expecting that. So hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is... Season 3, episode 19, I slept with someone from Fallout Boy and all I got was this stupid song written about me, Dom, we are here and we are sponsored by Manscaped. We are sponsored by Manscaped and it's holiday season and you don't know what to get for gift or stocking stuffers, well, today's sponsor, Manscaped has the tools to guarantee you win this year's Stocking Stuffer White Elephant Competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, (laughs) and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my maths is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code ONETREE. That's O-N-E-T-R-E-E. 
Ho, 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 fellas, naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. Dom, you know how we feel about these Manscaped products. Ever since they have arrived and we've been using them, we have looked smart. We have looked presentable, I guess, is is the main thing. And feeling fresh. I mean, I've got a spring in my step. How about you? Absolutely. I feel like I can fly. I'm so much lighter. There's it, The only weird thing is the joint trimming session. But you know what? We're safe because of the safety features. We're good. We're just getting on with it down there. I hold the mirror for you. You hold it for me. I mean, Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. And inside, you'll find their lawnmower body trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt and body, and the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. And let's not forget about their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver, Ball Toner to maximise your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. The dads just can't stop talking about this. The teens secretly buy this and the women will love you for it. Now these are our picks for Manscaped Surefire when stocking stuffers. Number one, the Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner just launched. Kill two birds with one stone. And coming in at number two, the Manscaped Cologne Infused Body Wash. You know what I'm loving? Number three, Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit. Got to keep those nails looking fine. Well done. What I can't get enough of is number four, which is, of course, Crop Mops. Ball wipes for your stanky balls. And those are some stanky balls right there. Don't forget number five. The Manscaped Signature Cologne. Well, Dom, these formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So you know their products are legit. And make sure you hurry to their site to ensure these wild gifts show up before the holiday season. And while you're at it, get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code ONETREE. That's O-N-E-T-R-E-E. Whether this is for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something they actually use and is almost sure to get a laugh. People, do it. Get out there. Get your Manscaped products. They're so good. doesn't have to be for you. could be a gift. Christmases are coming. Get 20% off and free sh- shipping at manscaped.com with the code ONETREE. O-N-E-T-R-E-E. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. So there we have it, and let's let Cara into the fray. <laughs> Dom, we are joined by the wonderful, lovely Cara. Cara, hello. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing well. Well, Dom and I, we this is your first time on the podcast, but we've we've known you and been speaking to you on the watch-alongs and, you know, on ravenshoops.net and you know everywhere else for a while now um but it's great to have you debut let's say 
on on the podcast um we've got to go through the mandatory history we need to know your background with one tree hill you know your top five tv shows and all of that good stuff so to start us off with it how did one tree hill enter your life and why is it you know why does it have a special place with you yeah so i started watching one tree hill when it was live in season six i was living in a house with three other women i was like mid-20 i think it was like 2009 i think um and one of my friends would watch it every week and i was trying really hard not to pick up any more tv so i was like no i'm fine i don't need to watch anything else but it was on every week in my living room and so i just started kind of watching it watching it a little bit more um and then started watching every week with my friend and then at the that summer um my friend was moving back out of state so we lived in north carolina which is the state that one tree hill was filmed in and she wanted to go see where it was filmed and so we took a one-day trip to wilmington and did the the studio tour there and got to see some of the sites and everything and um that was when i fell in love with it like actually getting to be there and see it it kind of like became part of my life and so I watched all the rest of the seasons live and then went back and watched the whole thing. Um, and now it's more of a nostalgia thing than anything else. Like now that I've been there several times and it's something I have with my friend that's not close, doesn't live close to me anymore. We can talk about it and everything. So that's kind of how I got into it. And you, you're also a, a Dawson's Creek fan, right? So, I mean, they're kind of, in a way, Dom's face, in a way kind of synonymous and it feels like they're one generation apart in, in a way. Like One Tree Hill is kind of like the generation after Dawson's Creek. Uh, which one has more of a sentimental value for you? Definitely Dawson's Creek. So I started watching Dawson's Creek when it aired and I was in the same grade as the characters. And so I kind of followed that world along with them as I was going through high, the rest of high school and college. And that was before I lived in North Carolina, knew nothing about where it was filmed and just kind of loved the show. So that's definitely more nostalgic for sentimental life reasons, whereas One Tree Hill is, you know, where we are in One Tree Hill right now. I was well past that age when I started watching, um, but the the atmosphere and the things that it means kind of became important my my perception of like Dawson's Creek and the age of the characters is is so skewed because I remember it being on when I was younger and thinking god they seem so much older like I, it, I suppose it hadn't really clicked that they're in I guess they're in high school right are they in high school so yeah um I, I kind of as I think about it now, I think of the Dawson's Creek characters as being older, like much older than the One Tree Hill characters, even though it's probably the same level, isn't it, from from start? So yeah, they were starting. playing the same same age. But, yeah, I just have this perception in my head, I guess maybe because I was a lot younger and Dawson's Creek was more readily available over here in the UK. It was on TV, you know, it was a kind of Channel 4 sort of program that was just always on. And I just have it in my head that these characters are a lot, older uh than they are in one tree hill it's strange um maybe i'll have to give uh, a few episodes a watch just to really get a, a feel for how old they are you definitely <laughs> do 
<laughs> it's probably the link. So the language they use in Dawson's Creek is definitely a more mature. That's kind of part of the aesthetic of the show. So I think they they portray if you're not really in the storylines, an older character. Ah, cool. Yeah, they they definitely talk like um, levels above anybody that I know. I mean, that's <laughs> not to say the circles that I mix in are particularly, you know, highbrow. You know, you know a lot about that, Don, being on the opposite end of the scale. But <laughs> we know, you know I'm the lowest of the lowest brows. So. <laughs> so many palindrome types conversations in Dawson's Creek but uh it's a what, real uh, real juxtaposition isn't it of you know the, the usual social circles that you hang out in compared to who you podcast with so ah uh, it's just a lot of filler I would say <laughs> <laughs> what uh Love Carl that. we need to also <laughs> damn it Dom we also need to we need to find out about your uh how many times you've seen it what's your favorite season who's your favorite character i bet you say yeah Lucas. <laughs> no, it's Peyton. It's Peyton. <laughs> what was the first question uh how many times have you seen the show all the way through okay probably twice I I've definitely seen it all the way through once, but then I kind of watch certain seasons or certain episodes. I don't really watch. I haven't really watched it in order again. Right. I started doing that a little bit with you guys because I try to do the watch alongs and and stay caught up. But history wise, I I haven't. Okay. And uh, which is your favorite season? Season six is my favorite season. Minus Ooh. one episode, but <laughs> so many people like myself are now trying to wonder what episode that is. I, I'm actually not very good at remembering like which episodes come in what season. So I'll message you later about that so we can yeah. talk about that. And, and I think it's probably the same as some of the other people you've had on. Okay. Oh, I know now. <laughs> I know now. Yeah, it's one. Yeah, it's the one that is the episode that John Nordstrom didn't do the music for. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just leave, leave Dom. Leave Dom <laughs> Am I going to be able to identify this episode straight away as soon as I've watched it? I okay, go right. John Nordstrom didn't do the music, and this is one everyone hates. Is it going to be easy yeah, for me to pick? Yeah, out? yeah. The John Probably. Nordstrom bit is just because <laughs> when I had the conversation with him, he said that it was only. I think one episode, maybe two, that when he started that he didn't compose the music for. And that was one because it has a particular theme. Uh, but it's also one that is seems to be heavily hated. Um, and people always say that you will say that it's a complete filler episode. <laughs> it's kind of something that would be similar to the Topsy-Turvy episode, that kind of a thing. Right, okay. And with... Um... Season six, is that seen as a favourable season? Do people like this season? Or is it one that's got sketchy reviews? I can never quite remember. I know that people hate, like, eight, don't they? They think eight's a bit trash. I'd say people like six. I'd say six is is good. It's only, I think the ones they get hated on are seven and eight, I'd say. Would you say that's right, Cara? Yeah, the people you've had on that I've mentioned. I actually really like the later seasons, but that's probably because of where I was in my life when I was watching them. Right. This, is, this, yeah. is, this is my 
existential crisis and fear is that I will like the the two seasons that everybody tends to not like so um so far i think i'm doing okay season three has been pretty good to be fair uh, and a lot of oh, people yeah. say season four is pretty great as well so hopefully i'm i'm firmly on that bandwagon but when it comes to i just guarantee i'll be like yeah season seven woo! <laughs> i feel like i know what the things that you'd like except for uncut gems that we have to have a separate oh. conversation about another time but yeah. the um Cara, have you seen the movie Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler? It came out maybe like two years ago. Had no. like a it's like it was like Oscar bait kind of movie. No, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't like Oscar bait. That makes it sound like they made it for that. But it was it was really good. But Dom doesn't like it. But that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but I feel like Dom. I feel like I have a good sensibility. Is that the right word of the things that you like? And I think you'll like them all. But I think we might lose you round season eight but i think it will make for good podcasting because <laughs> there'll be so much to talk about uh cara who's your favorite overall character one that dom has been introduced to lucas let's go that's my favorite character that's... please let's talk about it on <laughs> why is he the best i think he's the most relatable so i typically when I watch television, I don't get into the details quite as much as you guys get to when you're podcasting. So kind of watching it on the whole, I think he's kind of the most, I think he's the most relatable. I think each thing that he goes through, somebody can relate to. And I just think he's generally tries to be a nice person, even though he makes mistakes sometimes, like his heart is always in the right place at the end of the day. So couldn't agree more. The, the, right, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at the Zoom, and I'm in the middle. So I've got Simon on my left, Cara on my right. I'm literally stuck between two Lucas lovers. It's it's quite frightening. There's, this has never happened before. I'm not sure. I, I doubt. It doesn't. It doesn't happen very often, does it? <laughs> well, so this is funny. I went to one convention, and I got a photo op that had um, James Lafferty. Chad Montgomery and Barry Corbin all in the same picture. And then I could go in with a friend and my friend and I never talked about like how we were going to stand until like we were in line getting ready to walk up. And she was like, I'm by James. And I'm like, I'm by Chad. And it was like, no problem at all. Cause she wanted to be by Nathan and I wanted to be by Lucas. It was perfect. <laughs> and I think I asked you this on the watch along and I said something along the lines of did he smell amazing and I think you you said yes right yeah I said he's perfect yeah <laughs> I, I, thought, I figured with, yeah. With, with that option to to be able to go in and have a picture with those three and take a friend with you my friend would have been Sophia Bush <laughs> like, who, who are you gonna stand with Sophia <laughs> Oh, God. I just realized the ramifications of that. <laughs> your face actually dropped for a minute. So you were smiling away. And then there was just fear and panic in your eyes. Well, well, because at first I was insulted. Like, you haven't... Like, I've brought you on this wonderful <laughs> journey. And you haven't brought me into the photo op with my hero. Instead, you've taken Sophia Bush. And I think, well, okay, you've become friends with Sophia Bush randomly at this convention. Good for you. I'm happy for you. And then I realized the situation that you put her in. <laughs> <laughs> it got a laugh i don't care <laughs> of course i'd take you sophia's not gonna answer my calls is she come on <laughs> well don what you don't know though it's not like 
It's not like a uh, a drama or anything. I don't, I don't think I've told you this, but later on in later on in the seasons in real life, Sophia Bush dated James Lathy. Oh God! But there's no. I don't think there's any bad blood or anything like they're friends and everything now. But that's a thing. I refrain to comment. No re- <laughs> he has no reaction. Did well, she, she work her way through the cast? <laughs> no comment. No. So the okay. So uh, Cara, we also need to know about what Dom. Your five top all-time favorite TV shows. These are the ones that you couldn't go without. Yes. They're probably pretty similar to most of the ones I've heard. But, okay, so Gilmore Girls is my first one. Dawson's Creek. Everwood. Have you ever heard of Everwood or watched it? Heard of it. I haven't watched it. It only had four seasons. I don't think it was as well-known, but it was amazing. My cat is named after the main character in Everwood. Um, Friends. Nice. And if I'm excluding One Tree Hill, I'm putting in NCIS. Ooh. Ooh, which one? The original NCIS with Mark Harmon. Okay, nice. Awesome. And if you had to choose just one, what would be top of the list? Probably Gilmore Girls, because that's the one I watch like on repeat. That's my comfort show. Nice. Nice. And then what is a bad movie that you love? Um, thought a lot about this. I think I'm going to go with Twister. Oh, yeah. oh yes. <laughs> Bill Paxton classic. <laughs> the dialogue is terrible, but I will watch that every single time it comes on. It's awesome. Yeah. They're like being hunted by tornadoes. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Oh, it makes me want to watch it now. <laughs> in, little, in, uh, in all the little sensors that are in the back of the truck, and they're like, and they, all of it. Oh, that's what, right. What a great choice. <laughs> that is a great choice. That's um, in Universal Studios. I don't know. Have you ever been, Cara? Like in Florida? The theme park. Uh, yeah, or the, the one in California. Yeah, actually, just got back from there. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How amazing. Well, I don't know if it's still there because this was when I went when I was like 13 uh, and then like and then like 16, I think, or 17. Uh, but they had, I think it was called Earthquake, but they had Bill Paxton narrating and it was like some of the effects and things from Twister. Um, oh, that'd be cool. I don't think that's there anymore, but that'd be really uh, cool. It was really cool, yeah. And they were sort of saying about how they did it. And he's got such an epic voice. And it was, I remember in, when you're in like the line, because, you know, you'd be like, these things you have to line up for like an hour yeah. and a half or whatever. <laughs> and he'd be on the screen being like, so this is how we did this and this is how we did that. And it's really cool. That's, That's cool. a great choice. Well, Dom has a new question he's been adding in. Uh, Cara, do you have a favorite Christmas film? I was getting there, don't worry. <laughs> do you have a favorite christmas film and uh if so why so it can't be elf no it can't be elf i'm joking i was gonna say elf <laughs> <laughs> it can um, be elf if that's your choice that was like 
the first one that came to my mind. Uh, it's hilarious. I don't think there's been a movie done like it. It's just, there's not a bad part of that movie. So if I didn't pick Elf, I would pick Miracle on 34th Street. Good the choice. original. Oh, the original. Oh, yeah. nice. Uh, I like the, I like the, I say newer one. It was like 94 or 5 or something like that. But I do like Miracle on 34th Street. It's a good one. Can I just say, are you in your, are you in your house, somewhere in your house? I'm in the place where I stay when I'm in the work office. So I'm okay. not at my house. Okay, cool. <laughs> the, the background is like, so it's your, it, I can see the room. And it looks like a virtual background. It's perfect. It's like a perfect yeah. room. <laughs> I, wish, so, I wish mine was that tidy. <laughs> <laughs> the company I work for, like half of it is a software company and the other half is a video studio. So I'm not in the video studio. They wanted to let me use it, but it's being used today. And so they're very good at like backdrops. So this is what they've put together. Very nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well let's let's roll in so this this episode this episode is good <laughs> i think i mean we'll we'll talk about it i mean we'll where where we'll do you want, where do you want to start who do you want to start with cara um how about lucas the best place to start i would say <laughs> i mean this uh he starts with he's in the changing rooms or the locker rooms and this is where we've revealed the the black jerseys the first time we're seeing the black jerseys which are so cool very cool looking dom you were spoiled literally like 20 minutes before we watched this episode by a raven on the previous episode we forgive them it's fine but how do you feel about the black jersey I really like it. I think it looks really good, and it's a really, really nice tribute to to Keith, which is what Nathan says when he when they walk when he walks in to see Lucas in the changing room. I kind of had a feeling that black would be the color. There's we're kind of limiting it in terms of Ravens, aren't we? As to what color we're going to go for, we've got a white, we've got a blue color. Where are we going to go next? Maybe purple, but um, yeah, black seemed like a a good kind of obvious choice to go with next. So. I wasn't I wasn't that spoiled, but a little bit spoiled. I I really really like the the KS that they've they've added on. I think um, if we get those ordered next year, that that might have to be a a must add to everyone's. Well, Dom, if it's going to be screen accurate, it's going to be screen accurate. So whatever <laughs> we see on the screen is going to be on the jersey. I mean. Kara, how would you rank the the white, blue, and black as like your favorites? The blue is probably my favorite. Probably blue then black then white. Ooh, okay, okay. The blue kind of similar to the blue you're wearing right now. <laughs> yeah, not, not even on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> But is it? But are you wearing dazzle cloth? That's the real question. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> well, we're we're kind of in this mode of we're gonna we're gonna play the game, and Lucas he can't do it, um, and the team forfeits. I mean, Cara, do you think this was 
uh, a nice moment for the team that they're they're all going to forfeit or do you think actually they should be thinking about the season here like yeah sure Nathan maybe you don't play go support your brother but the rest of the team there's points here you know we're trying to make the playoffs yeah so I thought of it like wouldn't it have been better to have his back by like winning the game even though he couldn't play like that's what oh, I was yeah. thinking when I watched it like how is forfeiting having his back when it wouldn't he rather they play and win than just not play at all that's what i was thinking yeah dom um i i kind of took a different view i actually saw it as as solidarity for you know their their teammate their co-captain if if one of us can't play then none of us should play um i kind of saw it as a as a really nice moment uh, between them and having them forfeit the game you know, to kind of support Lucas was, um, I don't think the only motive because they've all been through a lot. They were all involved in the, in the shooting or at least, you know, present. So it's all kind of a, a moment for them all to go, okay, let's just, let's just stop, put this one to bed and then, you know, get back into it. And then it kind of teed up for the motivational speech from YT, didn't it? Which was like a necessity in this episode. So, I kind of see it more as solidarity than um, sort of just giving up, throwing in the towel just for one person. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of see both both ways. I I like the I like the character moment for Nathan because he is the one that actually says to Whitey, you know, you said, you know, I can't remember what he says, but essentially it's musketeers, <laughs> all for one and one for all, right? But um, and that's nice because he is being like the captain of the team or like a co-captain and being a good brother, etc. Um, But I also, I guess we get best of both worlds because Nathan says to Lucas at the end or afterwards, you know, look, these guys will walk through fire for you, but are you actually going to make them do that? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to keep going on. So it is, I think it's a nice moment. They did it once, but if they were to keep doing it, then I think, you know, come on, like Nathan says, it is Whitey's last season. Uh, this is a really tough episode for Lucas. Um, I mean, I keep just thinking of the things we get later with the HCM, etc. Do we? Where does he go between here and when he goes to see Whitey, and we get the the speech about Whitey's nickname? I actually know where we see him. It doesn't really go anywhere, does he? I mean, we see him with Cooper on the river court. At one point, yes, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's a nice moment. Um, and Cooper says, which was a quote that I liked so much, I wrote it down, and I wow. don't often do that. <laughs> it's kind of good advice and also bad advice. Um, it says, he said, it's not what you do in life; it's who you are. And I think that's good advice because it's saying. It's not necessarily about what you achieve and or what you fail to achieve or any of those things. It's about who you are, you know, as a person in your heart, your soul. Um, so I think it's good advice when said to someone like Lucas, but maybe not necessarily good advice uh, if you were to say that to like old Nathan or someone that's like reckless and doing really crazy things because it's like saying ah, it doesn't matter what you do, you know, it just matters who you are. Well, actually, no, it does matter what what you do at the same time. Does that make sense, or am I just babbling? That makes it definitely makes sense. You know, it's it's 
it's sort of a weird combo. Like Cooper and sorry, we talking about Cooper and Lucas. Yeah, yeah. yeah they I find them a really, really strange combo because, um, like, they're of no relation, but they seem like they are related in a weird way. And Cooper has a lot of like positive points about him, particularly in this episode, and sort of really is really supportive of Lucas, but is also quite jovial in a weird way. So I, 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 I he's quite an interesting character to me already. So I quite liked his reintroduction in this episode. Well, I mean, we, we also have Lucas with uh, seeing Deb in the cafe, uh, which is nice, but they're just kind of little fleeting moments. And then I guess the, the next biggest part is him coming into the gym and saying to Whitey, you know, he's, go, he's gone for training. He's wearing, all of the track suits and things that I want from Wayne. Um, <laughs> and his, <laughs> the last order is going to be a big one. <laughs> we need, I need, you know, track bottoms. I need the tops. I need everything. Hoodies, bags, you name it. But he says, unless someone can tell me why this game matters, then I don't think I, I can do it. Um, which maybe we should save that speech for when we get to Whitey. Um, but I think it kind of then aids onto the the final part, really, of Lucas or the penultimate part of him going into the locker room, seeing Nathan and Whitey, and saying that he can't play. He has a heart condition. He hasn't been taking his medication. He knows he's been very selfish. Um, yeah, what did you think of that, Cara? Of uh, you know Lucas finally stepping up and being honest about his health condition. Yeah, I'm thankful he finally is being honest with people and allowing people to help him. Um, I felt like this episode, I'm curious what you guys think. Kind of, there were some, that time, that moments with Cooper and the moments with Deb, who are both kind of people that, like, he's gotten to know a little bit better, but aren't directly, normally speaking into his life. I felt like those pieces were kind of an odd way to get him to this point. Like, it seemed obvious to me, looking back at it, like, these were put in here just to get him to this point. Um, and also that it was a little strange that the beginning of the episode is all about trying to get him back to being able to play. And then the middle was trying to get him back to be able to play. And then we get to this point and he's like, oh, there's this whole other reason that I actually can't play. Um I thought it was a little interesting, but definitely glad that he's choosing to take this step now and let the people around him be a part of that part of his life and hopefully take care of himself. Yeah, for sure. There, there, there was a part, actually, that kind of plays into like what you were just saying, where at the beginning, when they're about to forfeit the game, and... Nathan kind of looks to Lucas and he's sort of looking a little bit like, you know, Bambi in the headlights. And he puts his hand over like his chest, like sort of, you know, where your heart is to where the Keith's got the KS is on the jersey. And he taps that. And then a little bit, a little, whether this was meant on purpose or not, I don't know, but a little, he taps it. And then he taps a little bit lower to like where his heart is. And it almost to me was signifying on my second watch of it. Or maybe that there right there are the two reasons. The one is that he doesn't want to play because 
his heart's not in it. Oh, pun not intended uh, for <laughs> for Keith. But then also because he has a heart condition, and you know, I mean, Dom, what would what, what did you think? I just think with with these touch points, like going back to the touch points with Deb and Cooper, they're almost like I get what you're saying, Cara, that they're kind of designed in in such a way to to get Lucas thinking um, about kind of more thinking about Karen really but the um the whole Cooper not racing cars anymore and he thought his world was over and actually it's not over because he can do this and he can do that and he's happy is definite kind of foresight into you know saying to Lucas actually you don't need this sport um or to be able to play this sport to live a happy life and and be fulfilled you you can do hundreds of other other things so don't take it all with a like take the game with a pinch of salt and uh i think that moment and then heading on into into deb when it's just like your mum's gonna need you you gotta be there you need to be around i think it kind of kicks in all the the sentiment from what karen was getting at before when she just lost it with him was like you stupid you know are you trying to get yourself killed you run into a fire you go back into a school Mm. where there's someone with a gun you know and i think deb's words kind of hit home that you know you need to be there for Karen as much as you want Karen to be there for you and if you're doing all these stupid things like playing basketball with a heart condition and not taking medication you will die and then it will just her world will crumble so I think it's it's a they're good eye-opening moments for him I think yeah for, for sure uh and the line that was it's like a tough one he says to white white he says you know you've it's been a difficult conversation for you and he says well the difficult conversation is going to be the one that he has next signifying that he needs to talk to karen and then we get that conversation which just shows chad michael murray's brilliant acting abilities <laughs> am i right cara that's right i love that moment <laughs> The emotional side of his acting is great. Yeah, it's like a real vulnerability that he brings. Like, it looks real to me. Like, I imagine this is how Chad Michael Murray actually cries. Like, I don't know how he got himself there. Maybe he's, you know, you mentioned Friends. Maybe he's doing the old Joey tweezers in the pocket routine. (laughs) Who knows? But, uh, and it's the way that Karen reacts into just hugging him and loving him because she doesn't care. She's not angry about the fact that he's been lying about it because he is her son. So she just cares about his health. But the way that her eyes like fill up with tears when she's hugging him and the camera sort of, it's so, I mean, it's horrible, but it's so good. And it almost felt to me like it snapped her out of it, like snapped her out of, I don't want to say the grieving, but actually I need to be present. I need to be alert. I need to be in the game now because I need to uh, support Lucas. I mean, how how did you feel about Karen in this, Cara? Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, I don't... I don't even know. Every time she's on the screen, it's like they give her all of the emotions because she does it so well. But like that look on her face is what I would think a mother would look like if her son was coming to her and telling her something this hard of that fear. Like you can kind of see the fear in her eyes and also the compassion. 
of it. Yeah, I mean, Dom, a well-acted scene. We agree. Uh, the the best bit of acting and the best part of this entire episode is when Karen puts that mug down. That for whatever reason, she's standing there holding a mug, you know, having a coffee or whatever. Lucas comes in and says what he says, and and to be fair, his voice changes. It does sound like he's genuinely about to cry and very heartfelt and he's got that kind of lump in his throat and you can feel it and you can feel the emotion for him and it and it shows that you know chad has range and that's good but when karen puts that mug down is the best bit of acting in this entire episode it was fantastic and i I mean that as in like the whole episode was was good and has lots of good acting in it but that one bit absolutely seals the deal because who would think to just put the mug down in such a way that you know that evokes emotion and response from an audience as well as you know the um emotion from the characters it's mad just like i would implore people to go and watch just that scene and just watch her put that mug down because it was brilliant i thought it was so 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 good mug acting that's what i'm going to call it mug acting (laughs) you know what i like you know what i'm like with cups i hate hate it when they get cups in in tv shows and and they're empty and they basically pretend to drink from it and when they put it down you can hear it's empty and it's it drives me nuts but the mug acting in this scene was fantastic excellent mug maybe performer of the episode (laughs) (laughs) well uh speaking of you know performers in this episode there is no dan in this episode and he was only in one scene in the previous one so (laughs) having a a well-earned rest perhaps who knows (laughs) they're letting it settle with us they needed to give us a few weeks when it was aired right before we jumped back into dan's story because (laughs) <laughs> that's probably true that's probably true actually it's probably like that's just let him be away for a little bit because and let the other characters settle so we can then go back to this mammoth of a storyline or or he's getting a heart from his dead brother getting a heart yeah hmm. what does that what do you mean he's just killed keith what if they took his organs out and they're going to give him a heart what? transplant? What if they're going to give Dan a heart transplant using Keeve's heart? For the HCM, you mean? Yeah, they'd be a match, wouldn't they? Surely. What are you saying? He's harvesting... Yes, he's harvesting Keeve's organs. But he got shot in the chest, though. He might have been shot in the heart. We don't know that. Show I me mean, proof. I mean, where are... <laughs> I want drawings. I, I mean, <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, what can we say? We'll find out, I guess. One way of curing HCM is shooting your brother. <laughs> but not in the heart. But not in the heart. Well, uh, Cara, what, uh, who do you want to go to next? Are we saying that's Karen Dunn? Or are we going to cover the other bits of Karen as well. No, I think there's more There's more to say on Karen. Yeah, so, I was going to um, say, maybe we go to Whitey because Karen's also prevalent there too. Let's I do it. We can, we can <laughs> tie them together. Yeah, Dom, 
was vocal. He wanted he actually wanted Whitey to punch her back. <laughs> but we'll get to that. I mean, so we've spoken about Whitey at the beginning, uh, forfeiting the game. He's sort of a bit reluctant, but he does it. And and then we get yes, this great moment of Lucas coming in and saying, "If if you if something, if no one can explain to me why this game is important, then I don't think I can play." And Whitey tells this amazing amazing speech story and it's done in such a way that well that's a lot of dialogue for someone to say but he does it in a way that doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel like you're listening to him reading off a page you know it's it's delivered really well we get to learn about the monarchs which was uh an all-black team that were the best in in the state did he say i think he said in the state Mm -hmm. um and everyone knew it, but, you know, wasn't, uh, you know, revealed because of racism, basically. And one day the two teams square off, play the best of four games, and they decide to mix the teams and saying, and that's how he got his name, because he said, the guy said, I'll take Whitey, which is a great like moment as well to kind of it's like a great light joke to lighten that's you know like a serious story and a serious topic and it the game the game of basketball brought about unity and that's a great it's a great story it wasn't black players and white players they were players just enjoying the game and parts of this about the way that one tree hill treats the sport of basketball is partly what inspired me personally to fall in love with it because they treat it like it's such a sort of sacred game and the way that Lucas loves it and Nathan loves it and other other characters, uh, even like Mouth, how he loves it and he doesn't even play, you know, he loves it from the sidelines and Whitey loves it and Dan and even Keith and, you know, he wasn't that good and etc., I love I love that about the show. I love how they treat it that way. Um, yeah, sorry, I sidetracked. Cara, what did you think of, of Whitey's speech and Barry Corbin's performance of it? Yeah, I definitely think this is the best part of the whole episode. Um, it really brings, like, heart and meat to, like, everything that's going on. Um, but, yeah, and also just really a cool story. It it speaks to a specific point and it's bringing up topics, which tree Hill is set in North Carolina, which probably back in that time that that could be a very plausible experience right there where they were. So to have that in there and in the message that it gives um, to where we're really not all that different and that it can bring, it brought us together then and it can bring you together now. And it's not necessarily about, the actual game but all the things surrounding the game and the people that you're doing it with and and what you can learn from that experience not just it's not just a bunch of people playing a game yeah 100 for real 100 percent uh and dom you found out where where his name came from uh how did you find it it's a great whitey scene yeah, it's a it's a really really good scene and a really good um, kind of heartfelt, touching story of um, like inclusion and and just just breaking those boundaries and and making the game important 
and making it stand for something because you know this is kind of the message he's trying to get through to Lucas is actually at a time where that wasn't the norm they wanted to make it the norm and, and um, integrate and and make it just a game just about playing this game rather than like you said a, a black t- team with play like black players and white players it's it's about just being players um, and I think I, all, I I came close with my prediction on on Whitey's name and that I thought he would be the only white player in a in a predominantly all black team which is why he had that name which is my prediction from way back I think probably like season one so I wasn't miles away but it was so nice to finally get to get to that reason why and and, and understand it and yeah it's, it's it's good um I think it's delivered so well again that just like I said the acting is is so good if only he had a mug it would have been uh, <laughs> spectacular. He normally he normally does with oh, well, a bit of whiskey in it. Hip flask would have done, yeah, something like that. Well, I also just have to say that Lucas slash Chad's hair was perfect in that scene. This is some peak <laughs> Chad hair right here, and I believe he could still have that haircut. His hairline is divine. He had quite so, a lot of stubble as well. It's like it's like he hadn't shaved for two days, and he was looking a bit. Like, like, no, it wasn't just the the soul patch. There was, there was more <laughs> around it. <laughs> well, we to continue with Whitey, he goes to see Karen um, and says, "You know, you're going to make an old man stand outside. You're going to invite me in." And and I can't remember quite what the connector was, but he basically said, "You know, I know it's it's tough. You know, you you've lost." you know, the love of your life. And Karen says, oh, yeah, whatever. You had Camilla for a lifetime. I had Keith for two weeks. To which Whitey says, well, whose fault was that? To a, what Karen did, Dom, was what? She hit him. She slaps him around the face and just don't touch Whitey. Karen, we've just rekindled our, our little love of each other. Do not go slapping the legend that is Whitey. How dare you, Karen? But he liked it, Cara, because <laughs> he, he was basically like, okay, you're still in there. I love that line. I love that that was what he returned with. I also love that this isn't the first time that like Karen's first reaction is to slap. And I love that for all of her death, like, that is something that is like her go-to. And it just makes me laugh a little, even though it's a really serious moment. But she always regrets it, but still... <laughs> she gets that first whack in. <laughs> she likes she likes to hit first, ask questions later, <laughs> you know. Um but that's it's it's a good scene because Karen didn't know that they forfeited the game um because Lucas didn't want to play. So it was good, you know, uh, reveal of information that her character didn't know. And then if we were to stick with Karen there for a minute, um, because that's kind of it for Whitey, isn't it? I mean, we've spoken about he has that scene with Lucas, with Nathan, when he when reveals the HCM. But Karen gets a visit from Deb. Deb with the fresh hair. Deb's got that rehab hair going on. She's out of rehab. (laughs) She she went to she went yeah she went to Tony and Guy on the way out. Um, I don't know if you have Tony and Guy there, Cara. Do you? It's like a hair salon chain. Mm-mm, no, at least not that I'm aware of. 
it's ex- it's like expensive but on the high street you know um right it's expensive isn't it dom oh yeah ridiculously yeah okay right okay and um <laughs> and uh yeah she's got that she's got that good hair comes in karen's karen's look better she's going through some times you know um and they have the conversation of basically saying well firstly deb missed the funeral uh but also that uh karen knows that deb tried to kill dan and that meant that lucas went into the fire and you know there's tension here but it ends with uh karen coming back to the cafe and deb saying you know she's going to give her the support and help that she needs which is nice i mean how did you feel about that cara the deb karen rekindling yeah i like it i like that she deb is kind of stepping up like she says to lucas like i we're partners and she's just totally been gone for however long um that she can step in and do that because karen doesn't have a lot of people in her life that can or would do something like that so um even though karen is kind of like angry at her it doesn't phase deb she's just like i'm gonna do what i have to do for you and yeah it's great and did you enjoy seeing deb and karen back together dom yeah it's like getting the band back together isn't it there's that really tense moment when deb sort of first walks in and it's all a bit awkward because you know she wasn't at keith's funeral she wasn't there to support from the beginning um you know when he first um when he first gets killed and it it does make their kind of relationship a little bit awkward you know because especially that karen knows what she's done um and I, I kind of can't figure out where how they're gonna respond to each other sort of going beyond this this episode so the ending between them was was great and to see them sort of rekindling a, a really close friendship um is kind of how it felt and not only just being business partners but you know there to support her in her home life and make sure that you know everything is kind of running smoothly within their lives rather than just business wise but how is it i just can't figure out how it's going to operate with karen knowing what she tried to do to dan lucas like saving him kind of sort of blaming her for failing at killing dan as well and kind of that element of guilt that karen might feel for for thinking that um yeah it just feels like that it's going to be a bit of a strange dynamic between them and of course they they know this secret that that dan doesn't and is that going to come to light uh and and dan you know is he going to sincerely regret killing keith who he thought was trying to kill him and and is the reason he shot him so yeah i'm I'm looking forward to this kind of all unwrapping at some point but i don't think it's going to happen or at least won't happen for a very long time lots of questions not many answers but they will (laughs) all arrive (laughs) give it time my friend though also remember at the end of each season besides i might be getting this wrong but maybe besides season six i think season six might be the only one where they knew that they were gonna have another season i might have that wrong but there is a season in the later half where they were like they knew quite early on we're gonna have one more so they were able to leave it on a bit more of a cliffhanger 
But most seasons, they have to try and round it up just in case they don't get that green light again. Uh, so you do usually find that towards the end of the seasons, things get resolved <laughs> to a certain degree. <laughs> Dev just goes, by the way, it was me. And he's like, oh, okay, great, cheers. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys have seen Santa Clarita Diet with Drew Barrymore. You've seen it, Dom? I've seen it all, yeah. Uh, you haven't seen it, Cara? No. Well, I won't. I won't spoil it. But there's, it's a really great show. Like F and I loved it. Did you like it, Dom? Yeah, it was good. Very funny. And um, had Timothy Oliphant in Oliphant. Sorry, in it as well. And he's great. But they, it just they ended season three on a cliffhanger, and then the show got cancelled. Got cancelled. Yeah. And and it's like what? But <laughs> we want to see what happened. Um sucks but i i watched one show this was years ago it's called reunion and it was only one season and it got canceled before the season was over so i don't know how many episodes in it was but the first episode started with the ending and then the rest of the show was designed to tell you what happened to lead up to the ending and then it was canceled and you never found out Oh, and I mean, annoying. it's probably been 15 years, and I'm still upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> if that, only they the did writer... that with How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> the writer should have put it out. They should just put it out. What their intention was, at least, like like in written form or yeah. something. I feel like now that's a common thing to do, but back then, you know, you just left it where it was. Right, right, right. Well, um. Cara, I'm unconscious. We've got we've only got a little bit of time left, and we need to have your judgments. So, um, so okay. So I think that kind of sums up uh, Karen and Whitey and Lucas. So we've got a good chunk there. Um, but hopefully, we can touch on you know your thoughts on other people. You know, in the judgments uh, that that we didn't get to. So, Cara, who's your favorite performer of this episode? My favorite performer was Chad Michael Murray. What a great answer. Because he's the best actor in this episode, clearly. Is that why? Yeah, and so I originally had him down for favorite character, but I changed it to performer because he really is the thread in this episode that goes all the way through from beginning to end. And his performance is strong all the way through. Excellent. And what about your favorite character? So I picked Larry for my favorite character, so we didn't really get to his part. But I feel like this is his best showing this far of what we've seen. And all of my favorite, my best quotes all came from him in this. So He, he is great in this. Yeah. I, I just saw him, Kevin Kilner. Uh, Dom, we, Dom and I are going to do an episode covering all the Home Alone movies. Dom, have you seen any of them yet? Like the new, the, no, okay. You've got a busy week, my friend. Uh, well, spoiler, Kevin Kilner, Larry, is the dad in Home Alone 3. <laughs> it instantly bumped it up in points for me. So. I'll, I'll uh, get them watched, don't worry. Don't panic. I, I would never panic about you having to watch <laughs> things quickly. What's the next one, Dom? Uh, what was your favourite song of the episode? 
Um, so my first like four watch throughs, I didn't hear any music, but when we did the watch along, they were pointing out that we belong together and I'm going to pick that one because that was the only one that stood out. Is that the Gavin DeGraw one? Yeah. 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 That's a good one. And what about your favorite background performer? One line or less? I'm picking Toddler Jenny at the end. Oh. <laughs> nice. We... I don't. We need to find out whether that was Grace or not. I know. I don't know. Potentially, that toddler has been on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Dom. Line. Oh yes. What was I thinking? Isn't it the rating? Uh, what was your favorite line of the episode? Um. I. Think it's when Larry says you're telling me about Pete from Fallout Boy, but what I really want to know is about Pete the boy. Um, that's a powerful <laughs> section uh, that I really really liked. I mean, that's Pete, a great line, year old man. <laughs> that was that was my note. That was my thing about that line is Pete the boy. Or you mean Pete the yes the man? But he Pete, still who you doesn't could be going down. He still yeah, doesn't mention age at all in that whole conversation about what she should be looking for. Like, he doesn't mention his age at all. Like, it feels like a dad would worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, particularly. I mean, yeah, I can't even imagine having a daughter. And, I mean, it's kind of really... I mean, it's the same... It's the same for boys as well, I guess, right? But I, I feel like you're just instinctively instinctively a bit more protective over 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 girls, over women, but that's sexist probably. Um <laughs> And then the precious, precious rating. So we'll obviously this would just be just you, but we'll take this into account uh, at the end. Did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? I did. Did it increase, decrease, or stay the same? It increased by one. Ooh. Okay. On three, hit us with it. One, two, three. Nine. It's a good, it's a good score. And how flexible were you on a nine? Like, would you be willing to go down to an eight would you be willing to go up to a 10 i'd be willing to go down to an eight that's where i originally was i don't believe i would go to a 10 on this would you go to a seven um i'm just trying to feel okay i'm just trying to feel the parameters for how you could get to a seven could you get to a six no Okay, seven's where you draw the line, but you're at a nine. Yes. Okay, keep this locked in for when we get (laughs) to our final ratings. You know Dom becomes a bully at them times. (laughs) Every every time. I can't wait to listen and hear what your guys' ratings are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kara, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you on the podcast, and we look forward to having you you know, many more times over the run and journey. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you being a member of our community. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast.
Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. You've been you've been brilliant, and look forward to seeing you on the the next few watch alongs. And yeah, look already looking forward to your next episode when you join us and another Lucas lover. It's hard for me to put <laughs> up with, but yeah, I do look forward to it. And thank you so much for joining us and supporting us. It's great. For sure. Thank you so much. Well, stay safe, and uh, we'll see. Are you are you coming on the watch along? Um, next time. may not be able to tonight but i will be next time okay well we'll see you then stay safe and yeah thank you all right thanks bye bye, bye. so that was cara which was great uh dom how how are you feeling with the with the lucas love finally um... we um i've got someone helping me on my side yeah, it's uh, it's rare to be honest, isn't it? It doesn't happen often, and you know he kind of deserves it in this episode. He has a few where he he does, and I will um I will allow it for this one. I think our next Raven also likes Lucas. She likes his face. I can't remember right. whether she right. likes him as a person. <laughs> likes his, he's a shit character, but I like his face. <laughs> I remember, so it's Alicia next, and I remember her saying about, I think on like her first episode about, I think he gets slapped. Who does he get slapped by? Is it by, who did he get Karen? slapped by? Maybe, yeah, he got, I think so. And she said, oh, no, no, that's it. It was on a bonus episode. And we were saying, if you could slap one person in One Tree Hill, who would it be? And I think someone said about slapping Lucas and she said that it would it would mar his beautiful face. And I just remember that <laughs> phrasing of mar because that's quite that's kind of an odd word choice. Yeah, definitely. So. But fair enough, you know, each to their own. Yeah. Except you. <laughs> there so dom uncut gems an adam sandler movie and it gets a really good rating uh f and i watched it in the cinema in the odyssey uh, in st albans just kind of like an old school cinema setup and i thought it was really good but f didn't like it so it's funny that you didn't like it um and what didn't you like about it was it just because oh, it was too like manic i was gonna ask you did ethany like it and I had a feeling that she wouldn't. Do you think I'm just blinded by my love of Adam Sandler? Uh, maybe a little bit with this film. I mean, it was pure chaos from start to finish. The dialogue was dreadful. Um, the acting was all right, you know, fair enough. And the ending was just an absolute shambles. It was obvious that what happens at the end, it was going to happen at the end. And it was just non-stop from start to finish just pure noise and talking over each other and there just wasn't I know it's meant to be like that and it's meant to be like rushed and crazy but it was just there was nothing in that film that made that stood out and made me think wow that was a really good moment or that was a really good part or he said that right or like in a really good way or you know that bit of writing was great it was just no I watched it because I wanted to watch it for you um, oh no! And it turned out to be a, unfortunately a bit of a waste of time. <laughs> oh god! I'm sorry. I you I I normally recommend you things that you like. To be fair, like I must be like oh, nine yeah, yeah. out of ten on wins, oh, right? Definitely, definitely, definitely. 
absolutely without a doubt but this was just i i can when you said it was like oscar worthy or whatever when you messaged me i was like i just i was actually like oh wow okay maybe it is really good then and i thought i i went in there with like open arms i was ready to receive this film and be like this is this is going to be great and then it and then i watched that for two and a half hours and it was just like jesus it was just chaos okay. I got yeah, okay. I got to let Alicia in. I appreciate oh. your your opinion, and uh, you know I get it. If he wasn't in it, I probably wouldn't like it as much. Uh, I wouldn't watch it again either. Um, I just clicked for her to come in. I'm worried. I just clicked for her to. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so we are back. We're here with day one. You you were the second the second ever Raven to appear on the podcast. Back in season one, I can't remember the exact episode. It was late in the like the coming into the final third of season one. We were talking about hospitals and pharmacy placements. I think it was our longest episode to date. It was over three hours. A classic. Alicia is here. Alicia, how we doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Looking forward to this. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a minute. Dom hates that phrase. Dom? Uh, welcome back welcome to the to the newer format as well where you you sneak in in the middle of the episode <laughs> i like the newer format i do have to say um because i i think i like the vibe between you guys is obviously part of the reason why i listen to the podcast and i like i love hearing everyone else's views too don't get me wrong but i think it's it's nice having the balance it's just when you tell me that you're now switching it and I'm going to be like... No, 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 not at all, not at all. It's just that you'll, you'll be you'll be very much used to having to put up with us for three hours rather than, you know, just a, a, a proportion of that time, which is probably fair to, to our Ravens. Nobody should be subjected to me and Simon for three hours straight. <laughs> well, Alicia, we need to ask some questions. So obviously, we've we've gone through you know the history and and all of these things, but TV shows they come in our lives, they leave our lives. So we need to know your top five. Has there been any changes, any movements? You don't have to include One Tree Hill anymore. You get that as a given sip option. So what have we got? Um, I say okay, so shows of the moment: Insecure, um, mm-hmm. Queen Sugar. Um, still friends. Friends will always be in there. Um, you know what? I'm really enjoying EastEnders at the moment, so I'll put that in. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> He's not in it. <laughs> but yeah, you're like not not the greatest quality show, but you know, Stacey Slater. I'm here for it. Um, she's hilarious. Um, and fifth, let's try and do something quality. The Americans. There's, I think I've only, of those ones you just mentioned, besides Friends, I hadn't heard of the other three. Listen now, Insecure is great. It's by Issa Rae and she signed off on YouTube doing kind of short videos and it's just, yeah, it's 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 a comedy. It's like a dramedy. Um, it's in its fifth season now. Um, yeah, it's a strong show. Queen Sugar is by Ava, well, it's created, not created, it's from a book, but... Ava DuVernay like produced it and so she's one who did um like Selma and 13th that documentary and it's just a really like 
beautiful family kind of drama. Like it still hits upon like some good issues, but it's just like it's yeah, it's very I just really enjoy it. Um and then The Americans is about um so it's like back in I can't remember what decade it would have been, but Cold War era when Russian spies are supposedly in the US masquerading as Americans. Um and so it's this kind of yeah, these two Russian spies who've just been living together as a married couple, they've now got kids. And they're just doing a bunch of dodgy stuff. But it's a good show. Awesome. What, what platforms really cool, are they? Well, yeah, what platforms are they on? I think you can buy them on Prime. Queen Sugar, I think you have to get the DVD in the UK. Insecure is on Sky at the moment. Um, being released quite quickly. The Americans, I'm pretty sure you can get on Prime. It ended a few years ago, actually. But... Okay. Dom will have them watched within a month. <laughs> all of them. Easy. I'm making him watch. He's watching all six Home Alone movies this week. So just on that alone. So he's he's got a busy list. Oh, man. Uh, Hang in there. I mean, I've got... Well, I had such a busy day today. I, I even had work moved into today from yes, from tomorrow um and we we have had to move the podcast because i'm not available tomorrow evening but during the day i am a little bit freer to maybe be doing work a little bit of work and watching all the films so i'm gonna try and squeeze i reckon i could i reckon i could get four done tomorrow that's my aim i I watched almost so I, one and two. I haven't rewatched yet of Home Alone. I I know them by heart, like I you know I've seen them so many times. But the other four, I watched them all over a two day span, where I was just looking after my son and just have them on in the background. And it's great. You get through them pretty quick, <laughs> pretty quick. <laughs> and also, every single one is like. Uh, it's like a carbon copy of the previous one, but just slightly different. <laughs> like the premise is the same. <laughs> well, let's not um, ruin Sunday when we record that episode. I think you've just done that in about six <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Shortest podcast episode ever. Uh, no, there's so much to say about them. But Dom, I just it just occurred to me: Are we? Do, are you not available tomorrow night because you're at the game? You bastard. He's Sorry. nodding. <laughs> I did Sorry. tell you in advance, though. Yeah, That's but you didn't my, tell me because you were at the game. That's my only caveat, is that I gave you three weeks' notice, maybe four, to say do you know how of December I won't be able to make it. But do you know how it, it came to me that, oh, he's playing the other <laughs> West Ham game, was because I was like, oh, when's the next West Ham game? Oh, it's on Wednesday. Oh, we're not podcasting. I can watch it. Wait a minute. <laughs> Just the chain of like thought process there. <laughs> that sneaky fucking Russian. <laughs> I hope I hope you bring some good luck. We need the win. Uh, out of this point, Alicia, we need to know. Good, bad movie, other way around. A bad movie that you love. What we got? Oh, um, oh, I forgot to think about this one. Um, bad movie. 
you know what? I partly want to be like, I don't like bad movies. So everything I like is, <laughs> I say so much random crap at times. Um, <laughs> that really just like I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Um, oh gosh. We can come back to it. We can come back to it. Come back to it. When it it will come into your mind at some point within this time, and then you just stop us and tell us. It will come. But they it's fair though. Your opinion is if if you like that movie, it's not a bad movie. But I guess we're saying that the general consensus is it's probably not that good, but yet you love it. Like Blades of Glory. I love that. I think it's good, but Dom hates it. No, you Uh, haven't seen it. I won't I won't watch it. Refuse to watch it. That's I, re- it, yeah. I won't watch it. I know. Wait, it why just... won't you watch it? I know it'll annoy the shit out of me, so I won't watch it. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> what? Um, can I get your opinion on something, Alicia? Before we go into One Tree Hill, is there seems to be a bit of a divide going on? Uh, a little bit contention, a debate. Like, if you could imagine it being brought up in the Houses of Parliament, you know, hey, hey, ha, 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 all of that bollocks. Um, (laughs) Here's the question I want to put out, and you can gabble, gabble. Should Dom be ball gagged? (laughs) I already hear people in the background. Hey, hey, yaha. What do you... What do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels right, doesn't it? A little personalised on. one. Yeah. The, and, you know, for, for the art. For the art. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, right? Because Dom's girlfriend is into photography, right? I, mm-hmm. I won't shout a page out or anything. That's your business. <laughs> but... So you could do a nice little black and white still, you know, of you with the with the gag in, and then on the gag it, in small print but visible, it just says ravenshoops.net. dot <laughs> it for advertising. <laughs> in fact, that should be I the would... new artwork for iTunes. I... <laughs> I would rather get ravenshoops.net tattooed on my body oh. than than do the ball gag. Is that is that a bet then? It's not a bet. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I might consider that as an alternative. I mean, Where? you're now like dangling things that you can do. Like you're just giving <laughs> people options. He's considering it though. He's taking the ball gag away. He's put it in his drawer. <laughs> I I mean, okay. Where can we tattoo that on you? On your arm? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Forearm? You would Raven never. You would never. Cheek. Bring the gag back. Bring the gag back. <laughs> He's lying. Well, I've had people... I had someone message me today to say I'm in Dom's defence. No gagging, you know. Miss me are we gonna, that. Are we going to say You're who it is? This, this, this person has messaged, messaged me a few weeks ago to say I'm on your side with the, the whole ball gag thing. You know, and and it was such a sweet message. It was so nice, and I was so grateful and thankful that I had at least one person on my side. And actually, someone else has, has since got in touch with me. I think um, I've now got like three or four that are on my side. Well, that are anti anti ball gag. 
Well, okay, if we're going to address it, it was Seb. It was Seb who <laughs> I had, oh, who I had the sing off with, um, and I think basically, and I, as I explained to him, the reason that he's saying that Dom shouldn't have a ball gag is because when I did the sing off competition with him, I, I killed him so much that it was like I ball gagged him with my vocal cords and my ability and singing. <laughs> Uh, that now he's trying to take revenge on me by going on Dom's side. So Dom, you think he's being your friend, but actually it's nothing to do with you. He just wants revenge on me for having, you know, elite vocal abilities. Um, So I'm sorry, Dom. He's not a real friend. He's actually just got anger. Right. So this is just because he doesn't like you. Mm -hmm. Well, he's got got bone to pick with you. All oh, right, okay. I embarrassed, I embarrassed him. Publicly shamed him. Is that what you? Well, not publicly. It was actually on the biggest One Tree Hill podcasting platform that exists current <laughs> because we're the gangsters of what Dom in a Newcastle accent. <laughs> the motherfucking gangsters are right now. <laughs> I honestly think that was one of the favourite things I've, I've listened to. Was you doing that in different accents? that should be in the intro sarah we need that in the intro if it's not already uh alicia i'm I'm concerned that time the the sand is running through the hourglass lucas has been uh, cara who came on first she's taken a couple pieces off of the chessboard it doesn't mean we can't talk about them though this is your time but she took off lucas whitey and karen that's some big pieces, but we've still got Nathan. We've got Haley with her whispery voice that she's really bringing in in this episode. We've got Brooke. We've got Mal. We've got, we've got Rachel. We've got Uncle Cooper. Uh, I feel like I'm blanking. Oh, we've got Peyton. We've got Larry. Oh. We've got Mark Schwann on the phone. No. Creep. We've got Jake. We've got Jenny. Who you want? Who you want to smoke with? Um. Ooh, it's a lot of options. Let's start with Nathan and Haley. I think. Have they been taken? Did I just? No, not yet. Um. Okay, so I didn't get a chance to rewatch the episode today or anything, but I did watch it with um on the watch along. So you know, I'm doing well. Um. <laughs> we watched it together, and I haven't just just googled the summary to refresh. <laughs> um, but no, so I can't remember like scene by scene. But the Nathan Haley story isn't it that they're trying to they get into the get in the venue and they do the quiz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to do the. They're actually so where where they film that is the same set that they used for Andy's like back garden when in season two and then it's also spoiler alert where Pacey sleeps with his teacher in like the first or second episode of Dawson's Creek oh my gosh I didn't realize that but that (laughs) I'm not gonna get into Dawson's Creek but gosh that's an awful story (laughs) <laughs> it got me hooked. I was like, oh, completely like I was in it, watching it, being like, "This is like I can't believe this is happening." 
but like morally it's awful entertainment wise i was here for it it's all happening in the same place uh and then we have the 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 priest i think he was a priest yeah uh coming out and saying you know yeah you got to take this uh compatibility test they take the test they fail but guess what the real test is you got to stand up to the priest and say hey trash can you give me an example can a test prove you know why you love religion no well then it's not happening i'm paraphrasing terribly but it was that was basically it wasn't it dom yeah more or less it was it was kind of uh showing the priest how um how they can kind of prove that they're in love or you know definitely a unified couple because uh, these sort of things crop up every now and then in, in this sort of program where they get given this little test and what i really liked is that Haley was like oh my god this is the first test i've ever failed and she had a massive problem with that and that that was the biggest issue for her right there it's like this is going on my permanent record um rather than oh i can't marry him in my uh, i can't marry nathan at my sort of dream wedding and dream location but it was quite funny. It was a, it was a good little moment and a, a nice moment. And it, as you said, Nathan's speech of turning around and saying, yeah, how can you prove to me that you love kind of what you do and what you believe in? Um, because there's no way I could prove to you in a test that I, I love Haley and that she loves me and that, you know, that shouldn't determine whether we get married or renew our vows, which I thought was fair enough. It's a great Nathan moment. He's having so many great moments in this season. But something that Nathan and Haley at the moment can't seem to get enough of is um, each other in bed <laughs> because they're in there constantly. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that they're refreshing the sheets at least, um, you know, keeping it fresh because, you know... It's a small apartment. I mean, I don't know if they're ventilating and open windows enough, um, you know. So, but they're in there doing what they do. Haley's really whispering it up. Alicia, she's whispering so hard in this season. How do you feel about Haley's transition into whispering all the time? Um, I, I, don't, I don't even have a comment. I'm not even going to lie to you. I think that, I think, I haven't noticed the whispering. Do you, I think it might be Dom a move to trying to be a little bit more like sexy or salacious. <laughs> I think it's her way of matching Sophia Bush, isn't it? She's got the raspy Brooke, voice. With the raspy voice is like if I if I whisper a bit, Nathan, who's at the door? <laughs> who's robbing our house? <laughs> let's have breakfast with your uncle at one o'clock in the morning because nobody sleeps in Trio. makes it a little bit more you know a bit more competition for Brooke well I, so people were commenting ravenshoops.net if you want to get involved in the forums the community tattooed. Dom's going to get tattooed on his face <laughs> if not we get to bull gag him and push him down the stairs um, <laughs> when did the stairs come into it we got to, we got to, you know, raise the stakes if you're not getting tattoos. <laughs> oh god! There won't be many stairs. Just a flight, <laughs> not not more than one flight. 
just a flight. A flight of stairs could be an indefinite number. It's still one flight. <laughs> uh, when they're concrete, it all, it all feels the same. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a noise. Um, we get a little bit of Nathan doing a rake boy impression of Lucas with the bat goes in they've done well to keep his scar uh when he take his shirt off from his accident no nipple ring alicia i know that you watch out for these things how did you feel about that i mean i think it's a good call ditch nipple ring like can't be having that um it's all just, I don't know, the nipple ring didn't, I don't know if I'm getting deep on the nipple ring, but it doesn't actually match Nathan's personality at all to have that. But um, but no, going back to with that when, when Cooper broke into the house, because, um, you know, no one has security in Tree Hill. Um, I think I liked, I think Nathan had a really good episode in that he, it's kind of he's becoming a man in a way that he wasn't before and in terms of when he stood up to the priest and even not necessarily like with him going for Cooper, but that kind of protective instinct, um, which I think is quite nice. And it was also, um, I enjoyed just seeing Cooper just jabbing at him, which is in a really fun familial way, which you don't get a lot of with Nathan because a lot of the family drama is quite tough. Yeah, for sure. And it's also good that, um, you know, they say that you can truly be over something when you can laugh about something, like something painful. And it feels like Cooper's able to bring some of those elements to it of making sort of some light-hearted jokes so these things don't feel so weighty on you, you know. Um, I, I do have a bit of an issue of him just making breakfast in someone else's kitchen. I know that goes to say that it's like, oh, you're like you're my little nephew so I can do what I want in your apartment. But also, no, put my pans down. You don't know where I like them. You're using the wrong oil. And I was saving those (laughs) eggs for an omelette that I was going to make in the morning. Thank you very much, you prick. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You used up all the onions and now I've got nothing for the morning. I mean, what, what did he make? Scrambled eggs with random bits of meat? Yeah, not a lie. I was looking at that, and Haley was like, "Oh, it looks so good." But I just remember thinking, "Does it? Like, <laughs> looks okay." Nothing to write home. Su- wasn't a substantial portion size either. It's like he's not made enough. So what's the fucking point? I'm going back to bed. <laughs> Make me more eggs of my eggs that that you've made, uh, or get the fuck out. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I think I, you I, drunk I, drove over here. But I'm going to say it. I don't stink. think you're riding a push bike, are you? So. <laughs> I also imagine Cooper using far too much pepper on the eggs. Like, you know, just that kind of guy. Just he just thinks to drown it. Yeah, and he, then he try, drowns it in Tabasco sauce. But I think... Uh, Haley gives it right back to him when he says, oh, I always wanted to miss uh, meet, you know, the girl that made my nephew crash a perfectly good race car into a wall. And she said something, oh, I always wanted to meet the uncle that let him sting. Alicia, how do you feel about hot Uncle Coop? 
I, I like him. I think he's that. Um, but I think he brings a, a levity that at times is missing. Yeah, and I think, he, I think, yeah, I think he brings a levity to situations, to the conversations, and even with Nathan, you get, I feel like with, with, when Cooper's there, Nathan acts like more of a kid. So for this impact with Nathan, I think it works quite well. And that's a really true thing because when, um, like early on in my relationship with Ephany, when she, when we used to go like visit my parents, they live like a couple hours away. Like I think I've said this on the podcast before. I'm not sure, but when I moved out, uh, I think I was 23. Literally six months later, my parents moved two hours away. <laughs> like I moved out, and they just left. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and, they've, and they've been gone ever since yeah. i always tell them they made me an orphan at like 23 but um but when i go and see them with f for a while for like the first year or so i would go into this kind of like childish like i don't know what it was like being back home like oh i don't need to do anything or oh, mum's gonna you know make me drinks and dad's gonna cook dinner and being like sort of regressing in a way and then it wasn't until I got like a little bit older like maybe towards my mid-20s that you sort of go back as a bit more of a equal or like an adult you know or you know I, I, I don't I don't know but I, I get what you're saying and Dom your whole thing was that you fought that hot uncle Coop and that is how you must refer to him uh, <laughs> was is going to be like a Keith replacement is that still how you feel yeah absolutely i think this episode kind of cleared that up for me uh, i'm hoping my prediction has has come true and and that he will now fill that void i said that he would fill the void of someone whether that be deb or keith as they were kind of both missing at, at the time um or about to be and it just kind of makes sense that he now fills that gap of the wise uncle that is also a bit lively and a bit fun who also can't tell the age of a teenager <laughs> oh boy we'll get into that but also he's into cars right yeah yeah very into cars so the the match the that he has with keith is is really good and you've kind of got the best of both worlds in that he's um you know he's he's a relation as well of, of to, to nathan of the same sort and i think he'll behave the same way towards lucas you know he's already shown that on the river court um, in this episode that he's you know willing to sit there have a laugh with him because he even when he approaches he says uh, um something about the game something about him playing he said yeah he says oh i thought this game was more exciting because lucas yeah. is just kind of standing there and and um it's kind of reflective of what keith says when he approaches is like says a similar sort of thing uh when he sort of comes back just you know just before his sad demise um and that there's just sort of similarities there that are already fitting in and i think he's going to be kind of the perfect filler for for keith and i don't mean filler as in bad filler i mean he's gonna a good stand-in for that position it's going to be like poly filler over the hole that keith has left in everyone's hearts yeah he's gonna fix that crack i did some poly filling today i did a terrible job um Alicia, <laughs> Haley says to Nathan, hey, how about we don't have sex until we get married? 
to Nathan's response is basically, yeah, one more time around the block because uh, he's <laughs> obsessed. Um, before you put the sheets in, just one more go. Alicia, what did you what did you think of this as like a plot or you know? It's sweet to see those moments between them and the comfort that's between them. And I think in those moments, it shows that as much as they've been all about like the physical intimacy since the since the shooting in particular that there is more to it than that and I think that's what Hayley's trying to get back to and I think it also kind of goes back to Hayley is despite her having what got married at 17 going on tour still seems like quite a traditional person and I think it was again I'm not going to say like it's interesting to be traditional or that's a good or bad thing but I think it was nice to have that thing from her character in season one and kind of come back into it and say that as much as she heard our world view is changing and she's seeing more maybe because she's seeing more she wants to get a little bit more control back over one thing I don't know but I so I say big picture wise I don't really see it like much of the point of it but for the individual scenes between them it's really cute that's such great insight. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, it does. It does make sense to her character. You feel that, Dom? Yeah, I I kind of get it as well. And and they had that before, didn't they? She she didn't want to have her first time before she was married, and that was the whole kind of not the reason they got married, but it was it was a whole thing, wasn't it? Before their first wedding. Um, and uh, I can't help but feel that Nathan will stick to it and she'll try and break it. <laughs> we'll we'll find out. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, what else do we get with Nathan and Haley? That's pretty much. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Have you gone through? I can't remember what you said. If you um, go girls put on before me in terms of did cover Lucas already. We covered Lucas, but tell us what you think about Lucas's journey in this one. No, so I, I like the journey. I didn't like that they all walked off the court when he did. Mm. Um, I thought like it's it's like it's really like it's sentimental and it, and I love the team support, but I really liked what Nathan said. Look, we'll back you, but are you going to make us? Because, like, as much as I get that they're being there for him, there are only so many games in a season. People are looking towards college, and I thought, I remember the first when I first watched it, and I was a lot younger, and I thought, oh, that's really sweet. And as I got older, I thought people are being robbed of opportunities here. Um, mm. So I liked that Nathan was like, "Look, I'm still, I've got your back, but you've got to think about this, and you've got to think about others too, and I want to support you." But like balancing that those two sides i thought was really interesting but i get it from luke like lucas and like fair play to him and i absolutely loved when he came clean to karen and that scene at the end i thought that was wonderful yeah and he's uh it is a it is a great point and i guess he didn't ask them to forfeit you know it was kind of nathan made that decision out of solidarity and unity but um yeah i agree we sort of said that we had that discussion earlier about whether it was the right thing to do or not um 
And yeah, I guess it depends. Yeah, you're right. People, there might have been scouts there for other players, you know, and their opportunity to get into into college and and whatever. So, yeah, and then it was right for him to say, but you know, basically we can't we can do that one time, <laughs> but we got a, we we got a season. It's Whitey's last season. Um, I just have yeah. one thing to mention on uh, Haley and and Nathan uh, when they're sitting, they're quite cozy in their ice cream or whatever after the game. And she's complimenting him on um, how the game went and he scored 46 points or whatever it was. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and, you know, it was quite happy with it and fairly humble. And she said, well, what happened to Lucas? Where was Lucas? And he says, well, he's not going to play because he's got a heart condition. And then there's a moment and she says, oh, I know about HCM. I'm guessing he's not taking his medication. There's that whole moment. And and she says, he told me not to say anything. And there's a look in Nathan's eye that, again, I thought was great acting that really showed Nathan thinking, oh, yeah, you're, you're best friends with him, not me. That's, mm-hmm. how, that's how I saw that scene. Is that as, soon as, he's, as soon as he heard her say, I knew about his HCM, I've known about it kind of this whole time, but he told me not to say anything was it wasn't just him going oh you could have told me I'm your husband and I wouldn't have said anything it it was him going ah oh, yeah you're his best friend and it was kind of like a nice moment because he he also sort of goes oh, okay fair enough and then sort of carries on the conversation he doesn't really make anything of it and I thought that was quite quite well put together thoughts yeah. questions comments <laughs> no, that's that's good that's a good insight and a good moment it's good that he didn't get mad about it either it was good that he was like yeah fair that is that's the dynamic hmm. uh alicia where do you want to venture next i mean do you want to do you dare go towards rachel and mouth or do you want to go towards peyton or where do you want to go um Let's go Peyton. Shocker. Oh, yes. You're a Peyton <laughs> fan, of course. We all know this. How do you feel about Peyton and Pete Wentz as a relationship? It's disgusting. <laughs> um, like, it's honestly... It's one of those things where I'm surprised he took the role. And I get that he probably wanted to do some acting. It's probably just fun. And I guess it's different when you're with people where, like, I think in real life, they're not actually that far apart in age which we probably probably kind of forget that this is the dynamic that's being played. But it's just so weird. Like, I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't like it. Um, but I like that Peyton gets the position that she does at the end. Yeah, so if we talk about how, how she gets yeah. there then. So she... Um... She gets a phone call. It's the middle of the night. It's like 1 a.m. And Pete is waiting outside in the limo. And it's one of them ones where you can tell that Hillary Burton's not on the phone to anyone. She's kind of not leaving enough gap for the conversation to be happening. But we forgive that because we, you know, the scene needs to move forward. Uh, and she is a really good, a really good actor. Um, but... She goes to get out. She puts on her little sort of grungy Garibo hoodie. Do you remember them words? <laughs> Garibos. <laughs> Garibo. <laughs> and, uh, 
Wait, Alicia, were you a townie or a garibo? I don't know what a garibo is. Are we, is this, are we showing our age here? Is this an age thing, Dom? Maybe, Maybe yeah. Because we're older. But what a garibo <laughs> was like a, a grunger. It was like basically when we were like in like year nine, year 10, or what, what, what year would that have been, Dom? Like 2001 or something? uh 2000 uh yeah about 2001 would have been year nine or heading into year nine i think there there was basically this divide of you were either a garibo or a grunger which meant you were like into skateboarding and like limp biscuit and slipknot (laughs) and lincoln park and papa roach and any of these other bands that were out at that time or you were a townie which meant you liked so solid crew and uh I don't know, Oxide Neutrino, they were part of So Solid, weren't they? It's who, kind of like who else? Chav, Chav, isn't it? <laughs> kind of. It was like you were either wearing really baggy... You were wearing baggy clothes either way. <laughs> <laughs> but you were one or the other. Um, which camp would you have fitted into? Oh, Definitely Townie with So Solid crew. 100%. <laughs> Excellent. Dom, which camp would you have been in? I don't know. Grebo? Yeah, I think you you'd have fallen into that. I, I had a phase of being in, in, in there, in the skateboarding phase, which when I look back on now was for about nine months because I know it was from <laughs> like when Limp Biscuit's album was out but not before the next one was out. And then I took a hard right into the sort of so solid crew i had lines shaved in my eyebrows patterns and lines shaved into my head i had decks in my back garden i thought i was like i thought i was i thought i was going places i'll take acapella of eminem and put it to like garage music and think that i was like creating art and i wasn't and and it didn't matter that art that i was making <laughs> oh man yeah no i mean did you have the have the fringe with like the what's it called Garibo thing, the biscuit? Was that like all the fringe, like the long boy fringe that people used to have? <laughs> I mean, it's like slightly yeah. that way. Where it's we just over, like over one eye. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm imagining. That was, I mean, like I said, I was probably in there for about nine months. It probably wasn't wasn't long enough. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's just such these these are just odd times these are odd times but i, I what how did what, how did we get on to this point well who are we talking about Peyton, fallout boy oh she put her garibo hoodie on right? <laughs> to go outside but as she's opening the door larry's there he said basically you're not doing this well we didn't see his conversation but he he tells pete to do one um I mean, Alicia, that's a fair reaction. 100%. I gotta say, this is the one time I like new Larry. Um, like, do, you pref- do you prefer old Larry to new Larry? Yeah, I think. I think old Larry was more relaxed, and I could almost buy that this old Larry was the one who was, you know, the absentee parent. New Larry seems pretty sensible. At which point I'm like, oh, what are you doing half the time? Um, so I think it dredging, was just, Dredging, dredging. Yeah, I think it was, I get why 
it, it worked for the kind of adoption storyline and the there was a seriousness that he brought to it. But I would love to see him be more kind of relaxed and calm. And that's why I think I liked that scene when he's just like, shows off at my house, tattooed from head to toe. Like, you're lucky all I did was send him away. And then Brooke comes in and he's like, you got to, like, this needs to go. And like those moments of this new Larry, I enjoy. And I don't, I'm not going to say it's the actor. I think it's the writing and he wrote him more seriously. I think the actor did a good job with it. Um, but I just like wished he had more opportunity to be kind of relaxed. Mm, interesting. Dom, old Larry or new Larry? New Larry all the way. Um, old, old Larry's long gone. He's somewhere under a dredging boat somewhere, you know. Um, but Kevin Kilner's is quality in my eyes. So he, he brings, and he brings that quality to it. I think it's about time. If, if Larry's going to be a parent now and he's going to switch on and actually be a father, Kevin Kilner's the man to, to make that change within Larry. So, and the, the, the ground rules kind of setting in this scene was, was really, really good. He goes in and I think they're all fair. I think these are really fair rules. These girls are 17 and they're, they're allowed out till midnight at the weekends. You know, if you're going to be out past 10, all you got to do is, is drop me a message. My cell phone will do fine. Thank you very much. Now shut your faces and get into bed. There'll be no boys in this room. Brooke, stop Fair? fantasizing about me. <laughs> get my name off the door, unless you want to make this a thing, because, you know, creepy weirdos in this program. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I meant Pete. Jesus. I meant because of Pete, not because of anything else. There's I want that on record. In my bed, Peyton. Oh, no, not Peyton. <laughs> oh, my God. Brooke. <laughs> that was an accident that was a freudian slip that was a freudian slip that means you love peyton and you always have because you are lucas and and you're going to end up marrying her there you go wow (laughs) i'm not in i'm out (laughs) i'm deborah i'm eden i'm out i'm out (laughs) i'm out Deborah Meaden's always out, and as Peter Jones goes in, oh, do you want to go halves? No, that's it. it. <laughs> always <Slag>. out. <laughs> Dragon's Den slag. <laughs> oh my god, Alicia has uh, gone out of control. I'm sorry. So lowbrow. <laughs> so lowbrow. Um, wait, 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 <laughs> wait okay so (laughs) god um what next peyton oh peyton gets a phone call from mark schwann right it's meant to be the uh band manager or whatever it's mark schwann's voice um obviously we say it loud we say it proud every time he is mentioned he is a big pile of what dom Horse shit. Mixed in with... Vomit. (laughs) From a... Frog. (laughs) Who was killed by a... Badger? (laughs) And the badger said in a Newcastle accent, what? I fucking hit frogs. (laughs) Dirty bastards. (laughs) 
That's the weird accent of choice today, isn't it? <laughs> I thought you were going to say we're the gangsters of right now, but... No, <laughs> he hates frogs. <laughs> That's really funny. Sorry. Yeah, we hate him. He's a dick. Um, but he did create something we love, so <laughs> it's really annoying. But, yeah, Alicia, what did you think of the phone call? Did you know it was Mark Swan straight away? Yeah, no, I knew. I think I for, I hadn't remembered that it was him, but I remember on the watch along hearing it thinking, this is so weird. Like, um, like why has he put himself in the show? And I think it... It's not like he put himself in the show, but when you think about, yeah, quite sleazy in a different way than if another creator was put themselves in the show, I'd probably be like, oh, well done. That's great. It's awesome. You've, you've created this. Sure. Come on screen for something or be a voice. But it's the way it's now done when you're looking at it through different eyes. Yeah, it just it feels a bit, it's quite sleazy. Yeah, that's a good point. Because if, yeah, if it was... Um... I don't know, like Tarantino always puts himself in as a cameo. Uh, though some of his cameos are, uh, uh, what's the word? What's the word? When it's, uh, what's the word? <laughs> <laughs> Not contentious, no, but like, com- uh, no, almost had it. Not confrontational, it's... Controversial? Controversial, yes, because... He writes himself in to like some horrible characters, and you think, why would you put yourself in to be that person? You know, um, but yeah, if yes, uh, well, Alicia, we gotta we gotta get to your judgments so that we can we can have them in at the end, uh, or so that we can take them into into a note. So, who was your favorite performer of this episode? Um, favorite performer, Lucas. Sorry, no, Chad. Chad. Well, he performed so well. You just thought you think he's the character. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> I just thought he, I thought he carried it quite well. Um, and I remember, that, and like I remember that scene of him going to Karen at the end and crying. And I think particularly him with Moira Kelly, I love all their scenes together. Um, and I think he performed better with her actually at times because they're more emotive. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought he did a really good job of showing that he was carrying that pain of A, having lost Keith, B, losing his dream, and then C, just kind of being scared of what's coming up in the future. And that often these characters are acting older than they are. And in that moment, he's acting his age and he's like, I kind of just need my mum. And I thought Chad played that very well. Yeah, well said. Excellent. And your favourite character? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I'd... You know what? I'd give it to Larry. Because I think he did... I do think he did some strong strong parenting, and I I, actually, I really enjoyed him in this episode. I think in this episode, I'd give it to Larry, because I remember... Well, again, I, said I haven't rewatched it recently, apart from like a couple of weeks ago, but I remember him in this episode. I'm liking him the most. Nice. Yeah. Brooke also wants to give it to Larry. Different context. <laughs> Dom. Dom, what's the next question, my man? Uh, who is your favourite background performer with one line or less? Oh, gosh. This is testing my memory. Um, 
Yeah, honestly, <laughs> no clue. I might end up giving it to Jenny, I think, like I did before, because there we you go. You'd be the first. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favourite song of the episode? The Gavin DeGraw song, When Jake Shows Up. I remember that one. It stands out. Um, and it just fit really well. Very nice. A very, very good choice. Did you have a favourite line of the episode? Um, oh, I think one of the things Larry says when he's telling them off, like, I just really, I really enjoyed that in this episode. So I think it, I think it would be the, yeah, you're lucky what I did was send him away. Like tattooed head to toe up to my house. Corn coming to talk to my daughter. I can't remember the exact words, but yeah, I really liked that. Nice, yeah, very it's ni- nice. It's, it's nice for Peyton to have that boundary, isn't it? To have that protective figure. That's good. And then finally, the precious, precious rating. Alicia, did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? Yes. Did it increase, decrease, or stay the same? Stayed the same. Okay. So on three, let us know what you got. One, two, three. Seven. Okay. And now I need to know the parameters of how far you're willing to stretch for when it comes down to the final debate. So would you be willing to go to an eight? Yeah. Would you be willing to go to a nine? Would you be willing to go to a six? Mm. No, no, I wouldn't go to six. I wouldn't go to a six. So a a seven, maybe. Okay, you know we don't do halves here. Come on. (laughs) So you're saying you could go. Yeah. You're a seven. You wouldn't go lower, but you could go to an eight. Yeah. But never a nine. No, not a nine. Okay, we we know what we've got to play with here. <laughs> well, Alicia, it has been a pleasure as always. We appreciate you riding with us from the beginning to the end. Uh, with Nando's, you haven't given a definitive answer. You're leaving us on the edge. Are we seeing you on the 12th? Because we hopefully could deliver you your uh, jerseys and shorts. Um, I hope to get my jerseys too. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm planning on coming. I am planning on coming. You're yeah. still not but, firm. You're planning on coming, or yeah. are you arriving? Well, I can't tell you I'm arriving until I'm actually arriving. But yeah, I mean, as close to arriving as one can get, I'm there. But will you be there? Let's <laughs> go around. Um, yeah, sure, I'll be there. Dom, do you are you convinced that she's coming, or do you think she's lying to us? I'm fifty fifty about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. Me. I have every intention of coming. These are things that people say when they don't want to actually do something. No, I do. I this, actually. This is exactly to. what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll definitely come. I'll definitely come. I'm not going. <laughs> I have no intention of leaving my house. <laughs> Absolutely no will or drive to make it. <laughs> oh dear. I have well, faith. I've got I've got faith. At least he's gonna come. I've got faith. I hope you're gonna be there. 
I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything that's going to sound better than what I've said before, but <laughs> I'm like, I am genuine. Like, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Then we look forward to it as well. Thank you for being on. You've been awesome, and we look forward to the next time. Cool. See you guys. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Stay safe. Oh, she just left. In and out. <laughs> She's gone. She doesn't care. <laughs> She's busy. She's got things to do. <laughs> well, Dom, with two ravens down, one to go. These ones, when we have three on, it's like we work. We work. I mean, this is... <laughs> I'm not saying it's, it's not like hard work. It's great. But like these... They're kind of like a little bit of a marathon. Um, but it's good. I love it. I love oh, it. Yeah, absolutely. Getting to getting to talk to getting to talk to three additional people throughout this journey of, of an episode of this podcast in one go is is always great. But Simon, what are you doing? Why what? are you putting faces at me? Why are you trying to put me off while I'm talking? While I'm in a flow. While I'm talking to our ravens. To some pigeons. What's that all about? Some pigeons. Majority pigeons. You know, speaking to you pigeons. (laughs) (laughs) So much venom. Pigeons. (laughs) You could so easily be a raven. So easily. Just make your life better. Ravenshoops.net. Speaking of which, Whitney's here. We are back and we are joined by Raven Extraordinaire. Whitney is here. Whitney, how are we doing? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. Also very excellent. It's so great to, to have you with us. We've, we've met you a few times on our watch-alongs and it's so nice to finally have you on an episode. So welcome. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Well, Whitney, we've got to give you the Spanish Inquisition of the... I said it right, yeah. I looked to you, Don, and be like, did I did I get it right? Is it French? I, did I say Inquisition right? I don't know. <laughs> it's all fine, mate. You're doing well. <laughs> he nodded. He nodded in, in approvingness. The, Whitney, we need to find out your history with One Tree Hill. We need to find out your TV shows, your bad movie, all of them things. So tell us, how did One Tree Hill enter your life and how has it remained so special? Uh, well, in high school, my best friend told me, oh, you need to watch this show. You need to watch this show. And I was like, what show? I don't know anything about a show. So um, she had the DVDs already at this point. So Let's say there's probably already three seasons out by this time. So um, I came over and I was like, oh, what are we going to watch? What are we going to watch? And she's like, One Tree Hill. And I was like, I didn't know what it was at the time. And um, I was like, okay, let's do this. So she puts it in and I was like, oh, this is really good. So we got all the way to the fourth season, which was awesome. I won't spoil anything for Dom, though, I promise. Um (laughs) um so ever since then and then after that after the four seasons i actually watched them on tv from like season i want to say it was five or six up till the end i watched it in person like in real time and which is your favorite season overall four 
straight in you thought about it you knew the answer uh which is your least favorite season two as well straight in with that as well well i want to say the second half of two the first half is pretty good but if i had to put a number on it it would be two and how many times would you say you've seen the show all the way through all the way through maybe like five or six okay it's like the same as me and this is something that that you share with your husband you're married right yes yeah with your husband so it's something that you introduced him into yes that's cool nice yes um when we first met i had surgery and um so when i was recovering I said, hey, you got to watch this show. You know, it was on, I think it was on Netflix at the time. And so we started watching and, you know, he was paying attention. He was asking me questions the whole time. And I'm like, you need to pay attention instead of asking questions, be on your phone or whatever. Um, but yeah, I got him into it. So that was nine years ago. <laughs> so here we are. Very cool. And what about your, do you have, who's your favorite overall character, the, the one that has Dom has met so far? One that Dom has met. Okay, that's a good, that's a good thing to think of because there's a lot of characters that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Haley. Mm-hmm. Out of the characters that he met. And do you like Lucas? I like Lucas. In some ways, Lucas is on and off because sometimes he does good things and sometimes he does some not so good things. So, is that not just the way of life, though, Whitney? Is that not just all of us? We all do some good, some bad. Yes. If I had to say between Lucas and Nathan, it'd pretty much be a tie. But Nathan, I didn't like at the beginning because he was, you know, he wasn't very nice at the beginning, but. I like how he's grown throughout the series so far. Nice. Excellent. And Dom? Well, we're going to move on to uh, slightly more pressing issues of your five (laughs) favorite TV shows. So One Tree Hill is is reserved already, so you don't have to include that in your five. But do you have five favorite TV shows? Yes, I do. Friends would be number one. And then... I'm going to go back to the 90s here. Um, Rugrats is one of my favorite shows. I've been watching it since I'm little. Hell yeah. Oh God, you're the same um, as Simon so far. Friends and Rugrats. <laughs> what else did I say? My husband and I did this one day because we were listening to the podcast and you were asking for the five favorite shows and I had them and I can't remember them now. Um, let me see. So I said Friends, Rugrats. I want to say, let's see, uh, Gilmore Girls was pretty good, so I'll put that up there. That's a popular um, choice on the podcast. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think, trying to think, trying to think. What was the other show that I had there? A lot of people say like Vampire Diaries, The Office. Oh, no. Oh, no, not The Office or Vampire Diaries. Vampire Diaries was good for a little bit. I'm just trying to think of another show that I had. Let's see. Um, 
Um, Real Housewives. I have a big obsession with Real Housewives. All the the vibes there. Love Real Housewives. I love my reality television. Nice. Um, you could pick one more if you could pick one more. Um, what you taking? Even yeah. if it's a wild card. <laughs> It was probably be a wild card. Um, I want to say Doug. Back in Hell the day, yeah. nineties. Oh wow, Doug! Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's yeah. That, show. that was awesome. Yeah. Quail Man. Was it when he ties the belt around his head? Oh wow, <laughs> Quail <Jesus>. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Never I used to. Years. Would have ever thought of Doug ever again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on Disney Plus. It well, is. I'm gonna watch There's that. The Disney, watch version. <laughs> the Disney version's on Disney Plus. The ABC one. The other one is on Paramount Plus. I don't know if you guys get that there. I don't think so. Is that does Paramount own Nickelodeon? Is that what the deal is? Um, that's one of their networks. They have they have a bunch of networks on there. It used to be CBS All Access. Now it's called Paramount Plus. I don't know if you guys have that there or not. No, we don't I'm because sh- they own all of Star Trek. Oh. Ooh, Star Trek. I'm I'm sure Disney will buy it at some point, and then we'll <laughs> they buy everything, and then we'll be Disney able to. Disney has everything. <laughs> they own the world. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. I could imagine they'd do that. Then Star Trek and Star Wars would be on the same service. Makes all of the I sense. am a Star Wars gal. I have not seen Star Trek, but I am a Star Wars gal. Love Star Wars. There you go. He's rocking the t-shirt right now. <laughs> What's on the bottom of the t-shirt? Who's on there? It's, Is there a person it's on there? one of the, uh, you know, the little, oh. the little, like, puffing things. <gasps> the Porg. It's a Porg. Yeah. Support. Yeah, I love those things. I actually have a stuffed one right here in my living room. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was just telling Don before we were recording. I watched half an hour of the the middle one. What's the middle one of the latest three called? Rise of Skywalker. Uh, is it Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker or um, what is it? The Last Jedi. Is that the ninth one? Yeah. Which one's the middle one? Come on, Dom, you should know this. I want to say Rise of Skywalker. I can't remember. Wait. I didn't really pay any attention. <laughs> he, 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 like, he, Skywalker milked a, uh, like a dragon or something into mm-hmm. bottled water and it was kind of green and he drank mm-hmm. it immediately and I knew it must be warm and I just turned it off and just turned the film off and I was like, I'm done. I'm not having that. I drink almond milk myself for reasons just Mm -hmm. like that. Because I don't want dragon green milk straight, you know, straight out of the dragon. Um, And what about a bad movie that you love? Ooh, a bad movie that I love. Oh, that's a lot. Bad movie that I love. It's like all of the movies I love. A bad movie that I love. I am thinking of. Let me think here. Um, Indian in the cupboard. Have you ever seen that? No. Yeah. It's like the one about. Yes, you've seen it, Dom. Great yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's with the Indian in the cupboard. 
this is a tiny a little, little tiny yeah yeah like a little Native tiny American Indian, Indian figure <laughs> brings to life goes in, yeah goes into this tiny cupboard and then comes to life yeah and then goes but when it goes back in he becomes the figure again doesn't he because it's quite it's quite a funny it's little great film. but it's bad like acting <laughs> but it's a great it's, movie it's so bad <laughs> <laughs> I've got one. I've got one more additional question for you, which is, you know, we didn't ask Alicia, so maybe we have to catch this on a mm. on a on a catch up. Uh, unfortunately, this is courtesy of Katie when we had Katie on on uh, a couple of episodes ago, or the last episode. Um, but what is your favorite Christmas film? Oh, Christmas film. Christmas. Oh, the Santa Claus. Not the, a bad choice. Tip. The Tim Allen one. Love the Santa Claus. There's three of them. I love them all. Yes. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, I like that. I really liked Tim Allen growing up. Not to say I dislike him now, but I I seem to really did like Home Improvement, Jungle to Jungle, uh, mm-hmm. Toy Story, obviously. Of course, and, Toy Story. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the Santa Claus. I found it really mm-hmm. funny that he like killed Santa <laughs> and then <laughs> had to become him. It's like a great... Plot. I think that that you know that film was originally written to be dark, like it was meant to be like an adult film, like an adult comedy, mm-hmm. and then they decided to tailor it for you know a kids market because that's where all the money is. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Um, but okay, well let's let's talk about let's talk about One Tree Hill. So you're our you're our third and final Raven tonight. So we have. There are some elements here that have been ticked off, but we'll make sure that you know you get to have your say on you know on on all of the characters in general. Well, we were just mm-hmm. in the middle of talking about Peyton and mm-hmm. that um, Pete is showed up in the in the limo outside, and Larry has um, got rid of him and sort of laid the ground rules. And we we're just saying that uh, it was actually Mark Schwann's voice on the phone saying that as the band manager trying to convince Peyton to get the flight to go to Chicago, etc., snuffleupagus and all the rest of it. Um, how do you feel about this storyline about Peyton going to fly to see, uh, Pete? Like, were you, and were you happy that ultimately she goes and sees Jake? Ultimately? Yes, because that's not realistic to date a rock star. So don't think they would have showed that on TV necessarily as a plot line. It was a good plot line. Like when he was actually in the show, like when they went to the cabin, like when he was actually there, but um, he's probably super busy and probably couldn't do that kind of thing. And I was actually happy that she chose Jake. Cause I love Jake. Jake was one of my, one of my favorites and he was on and off, but. I like their chemistry between the two of them. When I rewatched the episode, I was actually, I thought we got lucky um, as our community because it says at the end of the credits and and Brian Greenberg, and I know that Dom knows that that's what his name is, um, but mm-hmm. must not have noticed. I didn't notice it either. And then it was only halfway through the episode that people in the chat were going, Oh yes, this is the episode that Jake comes back. I mean, Dom, you you had no idea. Like, you, it was a nice twist for you. Yeah, really nice. Like, as soon as Peyton was 
like making our way to the airport and this was happening and that was happening. I was thinking, don't go. Larry's just giving you this big speech about, you know, you, you talk about Pete from Fallout Boy, not Pete the boy. And, and he's told you, he's given you all these ground rules and, you know, it's kind of a don't let me down, Peyton kind of moment. And you're letting him down. And I, I felt like, oh, God, this is just dreadful if this continues. Because I wanted this storyline to end three episodes ago. You know, I thought this just doesn't need to happen. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, there he was. There's old Jakey boy. Mm-hmm. And I got all excited because mm-hmm. I thought he's mm-hmm. back. I have kind of said that he'll be a drop in and out kind of character. So he'll appear for maybe like kind of big moments or big episodes or stuff that's happening. I, I'm not convinced he's going to remain all the way through. I, I do still think he'll kind of filter in and out kind of when, when he's needed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but really excited to see Jake back. It was such a great, a great moment. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do, you, do you guys, do you guys remember watching that? This is to both of you. So do you remember watching that scene before like like originally and thinking yeah oh shit jake's back and, and being excited about it or did you think oh what when i first saw it i was like pete? i was like please don't be pete <laughs> please be jake i like jake it'd be, it'd be please anyone be jake but pete. anyone but pete <laughs> yeah. he's a rock star he's not to, this isn't to, to take anything people. away from it's not not to take anything away from Pete at all. It's not his fault. He was in the mm-hmm. show. He's kind of like made to do this this you know role within the show. So right, um, it's, it's not to do with him personally. It's just the the storyline is just awful in my eyes. That their little bit. Yeah, well, Jake was definitely more of a character that would come back rather than Pete being or her going to Chicago to see Pete. They would have had to turn that around somehow. Didn't go along with the storyline. Yeah, it makes sense. They would have had to turn it around. Makes much better sense this way. What about you, Simon? How was? What was your? Do you remember your initial feelings about Jake reappearing? I imagine he's a character that stood out to you. Well, do you know what's funny is I don't think I've the amount of hours we've spoken about One Tree Hill on here. I don't think I've ever actually said this, but when I was watching it for the first time, I used to watch it as my wife would fall asleep in bed and then I would pull it on not even with headphones this is in the days before bluetooth headphones exist like if we do this now I just put the headphones on she can't hear she's asleep it's fine but I used to do it like really quietly on the volume and I would probably watch because I was really into it like maybe three in a night but I would start at like midnight and I'd watch them till like two three in the morning and then wake up four hours later to go to work and just be like half asleep at work all day. This is before I like cared about my job. And this is, I was in a job that I didn't care about and whatever, um, in an office job. And then, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've all heard it. It's on the intro episode. I tell the whole story, but, um, so I don't really remember. And I was watching them in quite quick succession. Um, so I can't remember my initial reaction, but I would imagine that I wasn't, into the Pete storyline and I was happy to see Jake back and little Jenny's there we needed we we need to work out whether that's Grace or not because if so then we know she has been on the podcast uh but yeah it's a nice moment I mean Dom where where do you think it's going to go from here oh you said that you think it's going to be in and out and whatever but do you think we're going to see because Peyton's gone somewhere to see him it's not that he has come to her so do you think we're going to see their visit or 
she'll just go missing for an episode and we'll hear about it or what do you think when Jake left didn't Nikki have Grace Jenny I mean yeah yes because she he was trying to track her down that's right yeah mm-hmm. he so was looking for her there's, there's got to be a tie-in with Nikki along the line somewhere Well, Whitney, what? Uh, so we've got. Well, you obviously you know, so I won't. I won't ask. But uh, if we, let's move over to the to the break break the Brooke side of things. So Brooke is putting up these pictures of, that we know is of Rachel saying there's going to be this big reveal. Now, first thing I have to say here is. The, whoever they use the picture of the girl that they actually used the picture of um this is really hard isn't it like as in as a production company to use a picture of like i don't know like a 12 year old kid or something do you think that maybe they like photoshopped a picture of someone and like distorted it or whatever so that they're not actually use you know yeah. being mean to a child I'm pretty sure they had to do that. They had to somehow make it look like what they wanted it to look like, but they also had to make it because there's probably younger people watching the show, like 12, 13 year olds watching the show. So they definitely, it definitely looked like it was doctored up a little bit for sure. Cause I know in home alone, the first one, there's um, a bit in it where uh, Kevin's looking at, uh, Buzz's picture of his girlfriend is like, oh, your girlfriend, woof. And I know that in real life, they, it was actually the picture is actually of a man with a wig on because they didn't want to subject, take a picture of you know a girl and whatever, and be like, oh, you know, this is ugly or whatever. Um, is that what you thought as well, Dom? That they they can't they can't be using an actual picture of a child. Yeah, I, I thought it kind of had Rachel's face, so it. it... I thought maybe they'd augmented a picture in some way uh, and like added her facial features to it. I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, I hate things like that in, in in anything, in any TV show, film, whatever, where they kind of single out someone for whatever reason because, you know, they might be overweight or they look different or whatever, something not right. You've got funny teeth. And that then becomes a like a thing they're like stigmatized aren't they for for having that thing forever and it's i I hate it It drives me nuts um so hopefully it's just like an augmented picture of 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 the girl that plays rachel and then yeah it's just just been heavily edited to to look that way probably photoshopped from somewhere Mm. But well, I was right. I was right about it being pictures. I said Brooke would have found a picture and have taken a picture or something like that. And so I'm going to give myself credit there as well. <laughs> yeah, no, you did. You well, did. a few a few predictions have come to light in this episode. What was the other one? Got Cooper. Yeah. Give or take, um, and Whitey's name nearly, and then yeah. definitely the Brooke picture. The well, Brooke taking the picture. Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. We hate you for it. <laughs> I just like to point them out when they come up. You know, I, you know, I would point them out, but I forget, 
because <laughs> I, I do because it, I'm gonna say I predicted Jake coming back all along <laughs> and that no. he would be standing there at the airport <laughs> you're bang on the money um, a lot of the time and that's what loads of the reviews say or loads of the comments and everything say is like he gets it a hundred percent right or it's wildly wrong but most of it <laughs> but, but most of the time it's right so it's really good um well, Whitney, Mouth is uh, really upset and, and like, triggered by this, um, and Brooke doesn't seem to be getting it. I thought Lee Norris had put a really good performance in, especially when he's just like, did you not learn anything? Uh, what, mm-hmm. what, did you, what did you think of all of that? That was a great line. <laughs> did you learn anything from Jimmy's death? Come on, like, you can't, st- you can't do this. It's the whole reason that that episode happened was because of him being taunted by his schoolmates and stuff. So yes, I thought he had a valid point there when he said to her, don't do this. You know what just happened. And mouth, she gives the picture to mouth. And then that kind of what sparked that conversation. And then mouth goes to, um, Rachel's bedroom and has, has a conversation with her then in there. And, Rachel kind of comes out with it, Dom, that she, yeah, you know, I, that's, I'm not the girl in that picture anymore. She had her stomach stapled. She had, can't remember, a boob job. Did she have her nose done? And a bunch of other things. And it kind of, it kind of opens this debate, which is kind of a healthy debate to have, really. And, you know, on the show, and, you know, it's quite a while ago now as well, about how, People have this perception that plastic surgery is bad and having these things done to your body is bad and, and you know, you should just be happy within yourself and be happy in whatever shape, form, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then there are other people on the other side of the coin that are saying, well, if these things are helping my self-esteem, helping me feel better, so on and so forth, and it's not hurting anybody else, then why shouldn't I be able to do that? And I guess I'm imagining that the ultimate answer is to each their own and it's your body your choice do what makes you feel right but you shouldn't feel pressured into it by social pressures etc 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 i mean whitney what did you think how do you think it was handled i thought mouth was was great i thought he was very compassionate towards her her feelings towards that and it didn't seem like he had a similar experience to her but he's a very compassionate friendly character and i like the fact that he's he's telling her that he likes her the way she is and that she shouldn't be someone else because everybody else tells her to be yeah nice what did you think dom this episode like particularly their their bit is dealing with some real like social pressures again you know jimmy was constantly called like fat ass and and that kind of thing and it's just those really horrible moments that kind of stand out and you and you can't help but feel that that could have been rachel's path or possibly was and why she's made the decision to make so many changes to herself um i mean just judging by the size of the house this girl has money behind her so that that house was just unbelievably huge it looked like a hotel um so uh, you know uh, dealing with the 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 kind of social pressures and social issues of it was 
I thought handled it like incredibly well. I actually thought it was, um, you know what? I wanted to make some changes to my body. I didn't like that version of me. I like this version of me. I look after myself now. I do this, I do that. And mouth kind of saying, it was almost like, well, that's okay. But you know what? I think I would have really stood up for that person and liked that person. And, and you know, you almost kind of think, you're just saying that because it's a girl and this is the way she looks now. And, you know, you didn't say any of that to Jimmy. You didn't really mm-hmm. stand up for, for, for Jimmy all that time. So it, it puts all those questions because the, the sentiment of what Mouth is saying is brilliant, is lovely and, and is, is so nice and does feel very genuine. But you can't help but reflect on what's happened over the last sort of three episodes and think, you know, you could have made that difference to somebody else's life, mate, if, you, if you'd just been a little bit more attentive to someone who'd been your friend for a long time. So how can you make that assessment of, of you know, really liking someone or loving someone that that now has completely changed the way they look, you know? And there's even the the question of her social anxieties as well. And does she still feel those those pressures? And does she still feel a bit out of place? And, uh, and I guess... Uh, and she says the answer is yes and it kind of Rachel's introduction to the show always surprised me she was just sitting on a she sort of does the cheerleading thing and then is on a bench with all the other cheerleaders kind of making them laugh and it just felt very random and I guess this is their way of saying her introduction was such a surprise and she was so new because she's completely different so like she's gone from being Rachel A in the picture and now she's Rachel B so I kind of saw this episode is explaining her introduction uh, and why no one had ever really acknowledged her existence until that episode. It's good. I I do have one thing to say about Brooke though, as well. Um, in this, in the scene with mouth. So mouth quite rightly says, have you not learned anything from, uh, you know, what happened with Jimmy and, 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 you know, Peyton getting shot and all of that. Um, everything that she says, in terms of, you know, she, she signed me up for Rogue Vogue so I can go to the, the competition and she's trying to take my boyfriend and she's trying to do this and she, they all feel really superficial. All those, that category of things all feels really superficial. There's no, like, body shaming in in that and it just feels like she's done the complete opposite and, and really body shamed her, uh, Rachel, I mean, and um, which is really, really horrible and really harsh and... and I kind of, it almost, it's it's not tit for tat. It's like Brooke has gone so far afield from from what Rachel was doing, you know, kind of messing about with someone's boyfriend or like being flirty with him and stuff. It is kind of okay. You can you can forgive that, and it, it's not really a major issue yet. Okay, stop doing it. It's annoying. And you know, signing someone up for Rogue Vogue is a potential nice thing, but also to get them out of the way. Okay it was win-win for Brooke, but all superficial. There was nothing in that that was really dangerous, you know, on, on a Jimmy Edwards level. Uh, but this was, I think, what Brooke did. Thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I have a question around it to both of you, or to Whitney's review first. On the back of what Dom just said, if Mouth hadn't approached Brooke... Do you think she would have gone through with it? Because she basically comes to mouth at the end and says, "You know, that's not me. I would never have gone through with it of actually revealing to everyone that this was a picture of Rachel." 
Do you think that's true or do you think she actually didn't go through with it because Malf approached her and sort of made the point? I think she had feelings of going forward with it, but I still think Brooke is a good person inside to be like her character is a good person. I don't think she would have done it like outing her in any way because Brooke has her own insecurities and she wouldn't want her insecurities to come out. So I don't think she would have done it at all. But I think that she was sort of teasing the issue. That's why you see the picture on the on the board. So it looks like she's done it. But you don't even see it where she says, oh, a few at Trick and a few at the cafe and a few here and there. I think that was all talk. Brooke is a lot of talk. She talks, but she doesn't always do. And what do you think, Dom? Do you think she would have done it? Yeah, there's part of me that thinks she would have done. <laughs> uh, it's horrible to say because Brooke is, is is one of my top characters and I, I really do like her. But in this episode, I, I didn't really. This is another one where she sort of really drops in my estimations, unfortunately. And again, she's she's in my probably in my top three, um, certainly in the top five. So it was disappointing. And I, I kind of think it's like the... I'm not going to tell anyone you were brooking yourself moment. I'm not going to tell it. I wasn't going to tell anyone who it was, but actually I, I think she probably was, you know? Yeah. What about you? I, uh, I feel like. I, I want to believe what, what, what Whitney said. I really want to believe that. And, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's the path I want to follow. But I also have this niggly feeling that she almost certainly would have told someone at least like uh, Bevan, yeah Bevan would be the ultimate like weirdo to tell because she'd just unwillingly tell everyone because she's a donut mm, I, <laughs> I I think she might have like started to do it and then maybe had a realization of the weight of what she was about to do like imagining if mouth hadn't had confronted her about it maybe she was about to do it and like last minute takes it back like before it and it's before it's too late you know like so she gets close and then realizes oh this is be bad like maybe she like sees something like she maybe sees uh the memorial or something of jimmy and then and then gets it herself and then stops doing it so like maybe because i think there's something around like what whitney was saying of like playing with it like teasing with it and then the difference of going over the line. So I think she would have got just right close to the line and then pulled it back. I would like to think, but I think there is also a possibility of like what you were saying, Dom, that maybe she would go over the line. Um, we'd hope not, but mm. either way, it didn't happen, did it? So Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, you're kind of leaning towards a, a kind of fair middle ground between, I guess, me and Whitney there, and, and it, it makes... It does make sense to Brooke's character. She does have that. that there's elements of a, of a crisis of conscience, isn't there, where all of a sudden it hits her, the, the severity of what she's doing and her actions, and then she's like, okay, I need to stop. I need to sort myself out, and this this can't continue. So, yeah, I think, I think that's a really, really good assessment, mate. Thank you. Well, <laughs> and when... when, so when... Stunned. Such a stunned look in your face. Oh, is that something nice? when when you when you were saying about mouth not sticking up for jimmy 
all I wanted to just say was he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good and relevant point. So good. We need <laughs> Tahani T-shirt now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they stretch um, that plot line so much that like they don't really tell you much of Mouth and Jimmy's friendship. Only like the first episode that you see. So you don't know what happens between the first episode and then the shooting episode. They don't really tell you much. So it's like, we don't know how close they were, even if they talked. But it seemed like he was really close to his to his mom at that point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I can't believe this comparison hasn't really been made thoroughly before. But from that first episode, they're talking in the microphones and everything. It's basically me and Dom. Like, uh, decide, pick the adventure of who, who's Jimmy and whose mouth. It's probably me. I'm probably Jimmy, aren't I? I'm probably. I can. I can see it. But the um... <laughs> I'm just gonna, gonna lock my doors and like deadbolt them and chain them. And... Yeah, no, you and your popular friends. <laughs> Phone goes both way, Dom. Um, but yeah, okay, so let's oh well rachel kisses mouth mm-hmm. whitney whitney mm-hmm. whitney mm-hmm. yes whitney. <laughs> how do you think <laughs> did this kiss mean more to mouth than it did to rachel she kind of did it behind a pillar in a kind of like a little hidden area oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. do you think she actually does like mouth i mean obviously taking the things you know from future episodes out I think she wants to, but I think with her insecurities and her low self-esteem, as she said, she's still stuck in that realm of, I really like mouth, but I don't want to start something with him and ruin it based on past experiences that I've went through. Mm. That's why she goes to the Cooper types, not the mouth types. Right. And so, Dom, if Mouth looked like Lucas, which was something that she like said in this episode, if you could snap your fingers and look like Lucas, don't lie, you would. You know, we all would, let's be honest. Um, I do. So you're blessed already. Done. Um, <laughs> but Dom, would you... Do you think that if Mouth looked like Lucas, that there'd be no issue that Rachel would want to be with him? Unfortunately, yeah, it just feels very much like the vanity project when it comes to to Rachel, um, it, and for a lot of the characters, you know, it's it's high school, it's teenage years that are very difficult when you're um, trying to move on to sort of different stages in your life, and there's still a there's still that question of elite, isn't there? And what elite means, and uh, you, you know mouth kind of sums up that uh, you know previously that elite means nothing you know i want someone that's going to be special to me and i want to feel special to them and um but in, in rachel's head brooke's head that that kind of feeling of elite still exists you know and to a degree it kind of runs their life doesn't it it's how they it's kind of how they operate you know i'm i'm the head cheerleader or captain of the cheerleaders, I'm, you know, uh, super slim, I'm skinny, I, I like all the hot guys, this, that and the other. It's it's kind of, 
that perception that they're they're giving off. Um, <laughs> why are you giggling? You said super <laughs> slim, and I thought you were going to say I'm a super slut. I do this. I do that. <laughs> I'm a super slut. <laughs> no, but they 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 do. It's that kind of again. It's that social pressure to to be pigeonholed into into that, and um, it, it's part of the writing. I, I know this. You know, they're they're these very talented actors that are, you know working off these scripts and and bringing it to life. But they've they've kind of pigeonholed themselves as as these two kind of, and I'm like air quoting elite girls that are you know the the creme de la creme as they're meant to be and uh, i think that if mouth was was to look like lucas it it wouldn't be an issue but you know because she's changed herself rachel's changed herself so much and mouth is 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 mouth he is the way he is he's you know quite the happy little fella and quite rightly says you know i shouldn't (laughs) I shouldn't have to change myself, you know. I should, if I can click my fingers and change anything, then, you know, why, why is appearance the important thing here? It should be something else, you know. And again, a good sentiment. And I think that's that's fair enough. But I unfortunately feel that Rachel does live still in the, in the, the vanity project in, in that kind of world, and you know, she lies about her age and what she does because Cooper thinks she's a twenty six year old. Um, whatever model. model was it model mm. um, yes that's just yes. come back from new york and yeah from a from a shoot or something like that and yeah um they're, they're still part of rachel that the, the thing that's really bothering me is that the a leopard can't change its spots comment so mm. a leopard can't change its spots i think means that the sensibility of the person can't change you can change. You could probably change. So you could change Rachel's physical appearance as much as you you want. But really, on the inside, she's the same person. And on that inside person, really likes Mouth, and mm. would you know potentially have that relationship with Mouth. Um, but the outside person is saying, "I can't because because of what I look like now. I am part of that elite group, and Mouth doesn't fit in that group, unfortunately. And that's that's really sad. And then you see." like Cooper appear with his top off and he's just ripped to shit and you're just like, what the fuck? What have I done with my life? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some flowers and he's like, oh, you have the fucking flowers. I'm out of here. And he walks home in the rain. It probably didn't rain, but I would have liked it to have rained at that moment. <laughs> would have been a nice moment if it rained. Yeah. <laughs> in his little baggy suit. Well, that's... <laughs> There's some great analysis, my friend. You've been killing it. You come alive in this final third. Uh, first two thirds, trash. Yes, final third, great. Because <laughs> we always have the the better Raven on on the final third. Okay. Well, Whitney. No offense, no offense, that's a joke. No offense to anyone. I play. Whitney, what's um? What, how do you think Lee Norris, uh, as the actor, feels about? these storylines where he's basically being told i mean obviously he's an actor he's a professional but he's basically being told you know he's playing that part of the not as good looking guy as you know chad or james or one of those guys Mm -hmm. i think it probably goes back to he probably goes back to like how was i in high school maybe i don't know if that was him in high school i don't know if he was a nerd i don't know if he was popular 
But everybody has a lot of experiences like that in high school. I know I did. Where like, you know, you're kind of the outcast, but Mouth is kind of like the nice guy. But he doesn't want to be the nice guy because there's Lucas and Nathan and all these popular people and he wants to fit in, but he also wants to be the nice guy. So it's like in between. So I think I would even go back to his Boy Meets World days where, you know, he was kind of like the same type of character. So I would be like, you know, not, but an older version of that character. Shout out to Minkus. Mm-hmm. Shout For out sure. to Minkus. Lee Norris is in a film with Tom Hanks called Greyhound. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, no. It's basically about... Um, uh, battleships in World War Two, and Tom Hanks is the captain of a of a battleship protecting other ships that are crossing the Atlantic. So bringing supplies over to the UK and then going back, and they're getting attacked by German U-boats, submarines, and stuff. And Lee Norris is in it. He's in the film, and he's kind of this little um, like communications. So whenever the captain shouts out a command, he kind of has to communicate it into a. Like a like, almost like a funnel, but like the communication system to tell the engine room what to do, and he's this kind of weedy little like nerdy thing again. You know, it's it's kind of like he's he's now very typecast into that arena, I think. And yeah, it's quite strange. You, you couldn't, in a weird way, again the 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 vanity game sort of plays in. You couldn't pick Lee Norris for for Lucas or Nathan's part. Really. Well, and I guess in the same way, you couldn't choose them to play his part, really. But and yeah. he was in a couple episodes of The Walking Dead. I don't, I don't watch it anymore. But when I was watching it, yeah, have you watched? Are you, have you seen The Walking Dead, Dom? Oh yeah, we gave up at the same sort of time, didn't we? Um, right, we gave up at the same sort of season. I think. Yeah, the where'd you give was, up? Because I gave up too. Where'd you give up? I gave I, up too. I get. <laughs> we think we gave up about. A season or two after Negan came in, I gave up around season four, episode two. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, "All right, this is the same thing again." I'm out. <laughs> well, it gets very repetitive, but yeah, but Lee yeah. Norris was in. He was only in like two episodes. He was kind of a small part, but he was playing. Mm-hmm. He was kind of this, a similar kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. He's a really good actor. I really like Lee Norris, and I really like Mouth. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorite characters, um, and the way that you know develops and whatever. Uh, but I think that's completely right that there's the sort of two Rachels, the inner and the outer. And then, as you've said, so Cooper um, was is sleeping with her or thinks that she that sexy bastard <laughs> is doing whatever you know and then he then he gets hungry after and goes to nathan's and makes eggs um but, but yeah he and does those eggs sure. look good too okay you're with it we we weren't sure if he'd made enough eggs maybe he needed more what did you think is that enough i think it was enough I don't know if the camera shot made it look like more than it was or if it was actually enough. Are, are, are you and your husband going to join us in Wilmington in 2025? I would like to. That wasn't definitive enough. I'm going to ask again. <laughs> Will you be there with us in 2025? Yes. 
then we will we will have eggs together i'm thinking (laughs) you know like a late night diner kind of thing we'll just be talking one tree hill and whatever be like three in the morning and i'm gonna need a big portion of eggs because i like (laughs) i like breakfast foods yeah yes for sure there's so many things that we're adding to this list of we're gonna do that we're gonna do that we're gonna do that we're Mm -hmm. we're gonna have to be there for a while (laughs) i'm ready I'm thinking a gap year. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Let's go for it. You work okay. You work from home. I work from home. All we need is a laptop and internet connection. We'll be fine. Yeah, easy. Yeah, forget families and stuff. <laughs> We've got an uneven family. <laughs> they'll, they'll learn to live without us. Um, well, Whitney, let's get into the judgments and then, you know, anything that we've missed, we will be able to, to talk, you know, a bit more into it. Uh, but before we do that, if you enjoyed this episode and how could you not, then help us out. Check us out. Ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through. Oops. But Whitney, they also go through. Nets. Ravenshoops.net. Never.com, Whitney. Dot net. <laughs> uh, also, we're really close on the reviews. We just need like 30 more. Review, five star, your phone, someone else's phone, a neighbor's phone, a stranger's phone, if you if they're trustworthy. No, no strangers. We draw the line at strangers. It's not worth <laughs> it for the reviews. Be safe. Whitney, who's your favorite performer of this episode? Sophia Bush. You know what did it for me with Sophia Bush is that that whole story that she tells Lee Norris in the in the gym, that whole monologue that she had that did it for me. It was like that was very well performed, very well performed. Yeah, nice, Dom. There's so many to pick from in this episode. It's really difficult. Um, shout loads of shout outs. Kevin Kilner. Um, uh, Lee Norris, I, I'm really I'm sort of torn between two of, of Moira Kelly and, and Chad Michael Murray. I'm really not sure where to go. I think I'm gonna you know go to go. with yeah. I'm gonna go with Chad Michael Murray as my my favorite performer. I think Moira Kelly did a fantastic job, uh, and their scene in particular really stole the show. Shout out to the mug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well I, Simon? Just, I just have one thing to say. C-H-A-D, Michael Murray. C-H-A-D, Michael <laughs> Murray. A-C-H-A-D, everyone, Michael Murray. Yeah, Chad. Oh. <laughs> it was over. It was only three times. Whitney, who's your favorite uh-huh. character of the episode? Karen. I just love, I loved her, her storyline. She was so emotional and she was so, like what's the word I'm looking for? Like she was just cut off from everybody, but she did it so well. Karen does it so well where her fiance just passed. And, you know, she interacts with my favorite scene is when she's with Deb and they're talking and she's screaming at her and she's like, you know, you're the reason like, she didn't say it, but it was implied. Like you're the reason that Keith isn't here. And, you made my son go into a burning building to get this person. And, you know, so but she was great. 
She was great. Yeah. She was my nice. favorite. Good answer. Dom? I have also picked Karen. I thought it's a brilliant moment with Whitey, um, the slap. Mm-hmm. would have been good if he like reaction punched but never mind um <laughs> but it, it was a it was a really really good moment and and kind of the wake-up call she gets from um like lucas at the end of okay i need to i need to start focusing on on you now and she had that pep talk from whitey is brilliant all really well taken and and performed so yeah what about you mate uh it is tough there are there are a lot of really good Good answers. There probably is no wrong answer here, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Lucas because he he's the HCM stuff. He he stepped up with that, and it was difficult, uh, but he did it. And he's starting a new journey without basketball, and that's the thing that he loves. It's kind of like part of his personality. So I thought it was a, a big episode for him. Whitney, who's your favorite background performer, one line or less? Okay, so the referee, after the part where Lucas forfeits the game, or where the coach says, oh, Ravens forfeit, and the guy, then the coach, the referee says, okay, Ravens forfeit, and he says the line right back to him. And that was the only one that I saw. Nice. I saw that had a line. In this whole episode, that was the only one I saw, and I went back like three times to look. That's a that's a great answer, Dom. There's a, a few in this episode, so like uh, the basketball team. So the lad that explains who the monarchs are. Um, mm. There's also a lad who's him. got like quite long hair, sort of. He's <clears> part <throat> of the basketball team, so he's got like a center parting, and it comes down to his chin. Um, there was no Tim, no Tim visible in, in any of the basketball scenes as well, which I thought was quite odd, um, unless he'd been dropped. Um, but I'm going to go with the, the team they play second. The, there's a guy in a white jersey, number 10, who was just like, as Lucas is walking away, he's like heavy in the shot. And he's like massively, massively in view as, as well as, as Lucas is leaving the gym. So I'm going to go with number 10 jersey in the, in, in the basketball scene. And your favourite background performer, Simon? Well, mine was going to be, is the guy that was, I was going to say the Monarch guy that sort of, yeah, explains who they are. But I like the idea of the guy that was going to come on for Lucas before they forfeit. It's just like, it's my shot. I'm going to play. I'm going to get some minutes. I've never played. He took like his jacket off as well. I was like, I'm, I'm going in. Ravens forfeit. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Here's Luna right on cue. Uh, Ready for the watch along. (laughs) What about your favourite line, Whitney? Oh, my favourite line is probably the line where um, Larry is talking to... I wrote it down because I don't remember things very easily. So I wrote it down and... He says to them, where is it? He says to them something to the effect of, Brooke, please find a new dad fantasy and have a good night, ladies. Thank you. And he leaves. I love that chat. That's like my favorite part. (laughs) And where he says the sex part and they're sitting there like, no, no. 
Like, you don't have to tell us anything about that. <laughs> That's a great one. That's my favorite part of the whole episode. And Dom? Uh, so many poignant moments in this episode, and I went with one that was ridiculous. So <laughs> I went with what Brooke says to Mouth. And uh, it's kind of in honor of my Star Wars T-shirt today, which is when are you going to get over Jabba the Slut so we can go back <laughs> to being friends? <laughs> Deep. Yeah. yeah. What, about, what about yours, Sai? Mine is it's not what you do in life; it's who you are. From Cooper, Good. which I like that. I mean, we spoke about it a bit earlier, but the sentiment of you know it's about who who you are. Your your soul so to speak you know at who you are at your core uh what about your favorite song whitney oh the one by gavin DeGraw. uh what's it called i have it written down here too um we belong together by gavin DeGraw. and then the other one by Flipside. i think it's train and i think it's in the beginning sequence um or uh, it's called train by Flipside. i'm not exactly sure how it goes but I had two this episode, actually. But We Belong Together was up there. Nice. Dom? Yeah, I'm going to go with Big Gav. Same song. So what about you, mate? <laughs> Big Gav. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I I did like the song that was playing when they forfeit. Like, dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. But then, yeah. no, yeah, I like the Gavin DeGraw one. I'll pick that one. And then last but not least, the precious, precious rating. Whitney, did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? No, I did not. Oh, do you have a number in mind now? Yes, I do. Okay, excellent. Hold on to that for a second. Dom, did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? Yep. Did it increase, decrease, or stay the same? It has increased. Ooh. Ooh. Simon, yeah, uh, yeah, I have one. Okay, <laughs> we'll say them on three. One, two, three, nine. Night. So, Whitney, for clarity here, I said nine, you said nine, Dom said eight. Um, Kara, who was our first raven, said nine. And Alicia said seven. So the real question here is, Dom, could we get you to a nine? Uh, You guys got me to an eight. I was at seven for so long, but kind of the the last hour has got me to an eight. I don't think I could go to nine. Okay, well, Alicia said that she would go to an eight, uh, but not a nine. Kara said she would go to an eight, but not a seven. So Whitney, would you go? Would you be willing to go to an eight? I'll go to an eight. I'll give it an eight. Would you be willing to go to an eight, Simon? No, because no, nah, I'm joking. Yeah, I... <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm willing to go to an eight. So we'll call this one an eight. There we go for the record books. Whitney, it has been great to host you and have you on the podcast. Look forward to to doing many more. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for your support, being part of our community. We really appreciate you and Harrison. Can I show you something really quick before we log off? Of course. My husband got me this cup for Hanukkah. Oh, that's dope. And it has 
all the One Tree Hill stuff, like the cheerleaders. It says, somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe. It says One Tree Hill right here. Wait, I'm trying to get it into your view. One Tree Hill right here. Dom, maybe look away just to be safe. Dom, Dom, look away. Simon is shitting himself because he thinks I'm going to be spoiled for something. (laughs) There's a little bit. There's a couple of them on there. There's sat, no spoilers on this I one. I sat though. away, Simon. I wasn't. I couldn't see any of the details, so don't worry. My husband got me a Guess Who game for Hanukkah. It's One Tree Hill. Oh, that's wow. dope. That's dope. It's on Etsy. Both of them were on Etsy. That's, that's awesome. There's no spoilers on this one. <laughs> yeah, no. There's no spoilers on this one. No, I that's good. I I put it up. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. I, I love it. It'd be the easiest game in the world. Have I got, a, have I got squinty eyes? Have I got a bobbly head? <laughs> <laughs> well we that's awesome very cool send me pictures we'll, we'll put them on the uh, on the instagram um well dom let's get gonna, some ravens on free my man we gotta go for it we're gonna go straight in because we've, we've got watch alongs to get to so we're gonna do ravens on three are you ready one yes two three ravens, ravens!